listen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good morning. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 69 of the Living Split Screen program. At this point, I'm trying not to centralize us on one central, like, oh, it's morning, it's uh, we're a podcast. No, man, we're Living Split Screen. We're a brand. You guys got to come rock with this. Come roll with this. Come hang out. We give you that live, raw, authentic, uncut, passionate content, giving you the RTS view nobody else is giving you. And if you don't know what RTS is, real-time strategy, pulling yourself out of the world, looking to get the Darfur crevices of the map, pulling those resources together, just having a genuine conversation. That's what it's about. Um, I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain. I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven. I look it up, man. Type into Google. My wife didn't believe me. I had her look it up. She found me. I'm trying to tell you guys, if you have any questions, hit me up in the DMs, hit me up in a message, follow me, I'm trying to get some gaming in, send me a message through. I'll let you know if I'm busy or not. Look, for our audio listeners, I got to holler at y'all, man. Please, we greatly appreciate you guys. But if you ever tune in one day, tune to a certain section, because I do uh, put the timestamps on that also. Um, shout out to Pong for being continuously doing that for us on the show. Um, but it makes it easier for you guys just to find your place. We don't expect for you to tune in for the whole three to four hours. Me and Pong do. And at this point, we need a we need a program. Somebody needs to sponsor us so we can just do this full time. Obviously, we can do this for almost 10 hours a day. So look, how many days in the week are there? How many days you want us to work? I'm telling you, we got the content for you. But uh, today, coming off the heels of a beautiful release last week, I, I do have some Spider-Man remastered gameplay on PC. Um, look, this gameplay is 1080p. Max settings on everything, um, including ray tracing. I did end up turning ray tracing off because, again, I personally feel it's overrated, unnecessary, and takes up un, uh, unneeded resources. And when there's other things that you could turn up, um, like more, you know, get better anti-aliasing, better shadows, better depth quality. Um, those things really matter and can add on to the experience. Uh, but that's what you're getting today in the background. Other thing that I did to switch it up a little bit, because I know it's a little awkward when you go to a show and, you know, you get those quiet moments. I do have the video in the background playing some audio for you guys so we're gonna test that out to see how it feels maybe it's too much maybe it's not enough but you get to hear spider-man whoop a little bit of tail um while we're speaking or in between our quiet we, we have no silence here still we don't we don't <laughs> but again i wanted to give the people some more depth again living split screen you also get a little bit of the audio from it let me know if it's too much i could definitely go ahead and turn it off we've had it off this entire time but with that being said, and Steel, real quick, Andrew yeah, Conan, yeah, yeah. I think earlier had asked and wanted to confirm: you can play with the Xbox controller on PC for Spider-Man, right? Um, yes. Um, we can I play with the Xbox controller on Spider-Man? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. the one one of the major things that I noticed, and they might have updated it since, but the first time I booted up Spider-Man, I used a mouse and keyboard, and I thought I was going to be able to change the settings while I was in game. And no, I wasn't able to. I, I had to like literally start the game up, mouse and keyboard, like start the initial program and then uh, swap the mouse and keyboard or swap to the gamepad or the controller uh, when I actually started, hit start on the game. So it would recognize I'm playing with it. Uh, but yeah, it works flawlessly. Um, I turned off all vibrations. That's typically what I do when I play games anyway. I don't like vibrations on a lot of my games. 
um, especially like Spider-Man Agreed. and things like that. I don't need it. I actually think it's too much. Um, mm. You can call me old. I don't know what it is, but my brother loves that shit, and he's fucking five, six, young, five years younger than me. Um, he loves vibration. He needs vibration for everything. No, I need it off. Only time I like it is like in racing games or sometimes in action games, like a Ghost Recon or something like that, if I really want to immerse myself. But 95% of the time, I'm turning the vibration off because I don't need it. It also kills... <laughs> it's funny for me. I think why I traditionally turn vibration off uh, is because it drained the battery. <laughs> I was like, nah, I need max, especially when you're trying when you're popping in double A's. It's like, nah, I need max battery life on this controller. Uh, but right. then I also just liked when it came to like Call of Duty and stuff, it, it makes a difference, at least for me. Yeah, all the extra vibrations throwing you off or whatever. But neither here or there. Um and see, Nick says he only likes the vibration when playing COD, and it's like, I can't do that during shooters, bro. It's it's distracting. Uh, but with that being said, look, it wouldn't be right if, one, I got a shout-out to the Midweek Mix-Up Collective for just continuously sponsoring Living Split Screen and all the craziness that goes on here. We're not that crazy. Well, I think we're pretty sane. But yeah, I got to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen in these Twitter streets, but also just in real life, man. He is the X-Men that is not Cyclops. My brother from another. The one, the only Mike Man. No, I, no, no, I'm just playing. My Mike guy, Man? Pone. That's so, what's going on, brother? That is something that the new writers of X-Men would probably use as a name. It's Mike Man with the superpower of talking. That's what. That's basically where the new X-Men's at right now. Ah, uh, so no, let's not do that. Uh, listen, it has been a great, great week, Steel. Uh, again, I, as always, busy uh, in real life, but man, we got a lot of awesome news this week. Uh, it's starting to heat up again as we get to the end of summer and start approaching that all-important holiday season. Um, you know, yeah, delay season still in full effect, but... You know what? There's still so much damn goodness to play steel that I've been having a great time with a little bit of time that I have had. So um, I was playing Cult of the Lamb last week for anybody who didn't know. I won Cult of the Lamb after we got off our show from Windows Central Gaming. Shout out to the boys over there and the girls over there. Um, You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to play Cult of the Lamb. I was going to have to wait on it, but I won. Um, and so I started crazy. That was, yeah, that was crazy. Cause I sent you the DM right after we got off the show. It was like a half hour later. I was like, what? Cause we had just talked about it. Um, so I started call to lamp. Fantastic game. However, as you probably seen, if you've been watching Twitter at all, uh, a lot of us are frustrated with the problems that Cult of Lamb does have. It starts out and it feels like it's extremely polished as most Devolver published games are. Right. But the longer I played and I cleared out two of the dungeons, I think I'm on like day 30 something with my cult. I have like 13, 14 members. So I've done a considerable amount. I beat two of the dungeons completely. Um, More and more problems started popping up, whether it was level locking, uh, whether it was complete crashes um, or whether it was freezing. Um, And I started, I, I finally accumulated over about an hour, over an hour of lost time. And yeah, if you guys know me, I will put up with bugs all day long. 
Right. But Bethesda to me is one of the best studios out there because I'll play all their games. I don't care. Right. I right, like right. I like some of the bugs. Some of the bugs are entertaining. They don't bother adds, me like they bother it some. It adds people. value. It you adds know flavor. It adds flavor. Um, but not all bugs are created equal. And for me, right. the line is crossed when you don't respect my time. So when I start losing saves, uh, yeah, or good. yeah, yeah, or 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 game breaking bugs. That's when I put a game down. So I finally had to put Cult of Lamb down. But I understand why the people who pushed through and had a great time, there's plenty of people who have done that. Some people even call it game of the year quality stuff. Uh, I can see why. It is an addictive game through and right. through. They did a great job with it. But I finally put that down. I said, enough's enough. I'm going to wait for a couple patches, and then I'll come back to it again. Okay. Um, so then, Steel, I hit you up in the DMs and let you know. And I'd re-downloaded Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you said that. And, and I feel you. I feel you. And I'm I'm still not ready yet. I'm not yeah, ready. I, I understand why you're not ready, of course, Steel. I get it. Uh, but I will say this because they're, they're um the first season ends um at the end of this month. Um okay. They've right. got double XP going through the end of the month right now. Nice. So, and okay. of course, I bought the 120 package deal, so I got the full yeah. season pass. Right. Um. And they dropped that new map, and they've got the breakthrough mode now, 64-player breakthrough mode. Okay, um, that's pretty dope. Look, look it's, it's running fantastic, man. It yeah, really, it was really, <laughs> and it was before, but even more so part. now. You can tell the work they've been okay. doing on the back end. Um, and I've jumped in, and again, I haven't had the time, so it's not like I've been sitting down for like three, four hours playing Battlefield. I've jumped right, in right. for a round or two each night. This week, I'm like level 20 or something on my season pass Okay. with the double That's XP. Cool. And they're still giving you the daily bonus of 20,000 XP for your first match, too. So, I mean, it's huge. It, it's a lot. Okay. But I got to say, it's playing extremely, extremely well, Steel. The new map is fantastic. Uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. I've only been able to play it a couple times because it's a rotation thing with Breakthrough. Right, 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 right. Um, but jumping in, getting a match within a minute getting a match getting in yeah, that's not bad everything's running smooth uh gameplay is on point um had a moment steal again you know you know what it is and anybody who's played battlefield a lot knows what it is when you have one of those battlefield moments and i'm not right. just talking about the only in battlefield moments that they're famous for i'm just talking about what it feels like to actually know that you're impacting a moment in the game by yourself yeah. or with your squad. It's yeah. still battlefield. So if you get in with a bad squad or if you get in a bad, you know, side of things, it's it's gonna be a slaughter at the end of the day. But I had this moment, Steel, when I hopped in with the medic, um, and it was on the new map, and my team was getting pushed back from the capture point. Um, and we were defending and the team was getting pushed back. And I had one of those moments I respawned and we were, it, we were in uh, one of the choke points. It was, it's a tunnel in the new map kind of area where everybody okay. kind of pushes through. Right. And the other, the other team had uh, captured the point and our team was trying to come back. Well, we kept getting pushed further back through this tunnel. I came in as a medic and rolled in at the right time, did five heals. I got five people revived out of this tunnel and all of a sudden you saw the tide turn, man. All of a sudden, we got All that same. push. We got that push, and we kept pushing. I kept throwing out med packs to heal right. ahead. You know what I'm saying? And every way, we kept pushing ahead, retook that point, and I just was grinning from ear to ear, man, because it was just – Ah, it's all battlefield, man. There's just no feeling like that in the world uh, when it comes to first-person shooters. So, um, again, if you're, if you're interested, if you've already bought it, 
why they haven't put an EA play. Listen, they're just being stubborn know. about it. They're trying to get back some of that money. They're going to make people still buy this thing. They shouldn't be, this should be on EA play. Yeah. So more people have a chance to jump in, but if you bought it, you deleted it. Like I have multiple times. If you want to jump back in right now is a really great time to jump back into battlefield. It's running great. Uh, and I'm having a great time with it. And then, um, Good. Also, I had, I had pre-ordered uh, Tribes of Midgard, uh, which was a big PC uh, darling for right. mm-hmm. a few months, um, and then it was on PlayStation. It finally came to Xbox um, and uh, launched this week, and it was twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for the game. Okay, I had it pre-ordered before my budget got blown up, so I was like, whatever, I'm going to keep it. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. So Mav and I jumped into Tribes of Midgard because he had bought it on PlayStation, um, but couldn't find anybody to play with. And you really need people in that game. Like you could play it by yourself, but it's going to be very, very difficult because it's a roguelite survival-esque game, right? Right. Uh, But they've added a ton over the past year since it launched on uh, PlayStation year, year and a half. So even Mav, who hadn't touched it uh, in a long time, he jumped in. He's like, boy, this is totally different. They've added so much to this. So him and I jumped in. Uh, and went through the first uh, prologue together. That's a fun game, man. I, I could see why it was a PC darling for a while, streamers uh, darling. And for 20 bucks, you could do a lot worse than Tribes of Midgard, especially if you've got some people that you can play with. Right. Uh, I could definitely see how that game gets deeper and deeper the more you play it. Um, yeah. So I had a good time with Tribes of Midgard. Because it has those roguelite, it's supposed to have those like yeah. some of those roguelite yes, elements too, where you carry over yep. progress and you just yep. you keep rolling until you guys, you know, really break through or you finally beat that yep. beast at the end or the god or whatever that comes through. Or it's the giants, the giants or whatever giants. they call them because they use all appropriate terms. Yeah. Because so yeah. Man and I jumped into Prologue, which is the first part of it. I had played right. through the tutorial. The tutorial Co-op from the was- start? Yeah, yeah, okay, go okay, up from okay. the start. Uh, but I had done the tutorial while he was uh, he was messing around. He was streaming. He was doing something else. And then I did the okay. tutorial. Well, the tutorial gives you like five basics. Okay, <laughs> there, there's no hand. Yeah, there's no there's no hand holding in this game whatsoever. Because when I jumped into prologue with Mab, I was like, wait. How do we do this? The, the tutorial did not show me how to do this. You kind of figure it out on your own. You got to go collect your know, resources and then build your armor, build your right, weapons. Right. But to your point, Steel, why I was saying that. To your point is that the first time we played through the prologue, uh, the giant came and you got to defend your town and defend the tree in the middle. It's like an energy tree. Right. Um, you got to defend that. Once it gets destroyed, it's game over. Okay. Um, so it's kind of tower defense in a way too. Right, but right. It, okay. Action, you know. Um, so we got to the giant. Well, we wound up not killing the giant. Giant took down our tree. But so our game ended. But then we restarted. Well, what happened is because of the experience, I had earned uh, the beginning gear pack. So we got to start with your basic armor, weapons, et cetera. So you didn't have to go out and collect resources and build all that stuff from scratch. So then you were starting ahead of the curve, right? So then we played through, but we had already started way ahead. So we got to roam out a little bit further, you know, beat some bigger enemies, get some more rare resources. We got to upgrade our shops and we wound up beating the giant the second time through when when him and I got to that point. So it is a roguelike through and through as well. So it's cool. Yeah. So very cool, very cool aesthetic, very cool art look. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much been my week. I'm trying to think if I jump back into anything else. I'm sure there's a couple games I jumped into just to jump into. Oh, I jumped into uh, Wolfen- Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein New Order. Wolfenstein New Order. I haven't played that since the PS4, and I actually just saw it in my list, and I was like, ah, shit, let's jump back into this again. Great game still to this day. Wolfenstein is, is really good. I can't wait till the new one comes out. Uh, but still... You've been playing PC Spider-Man. Did you get anything else in or no? Um, other than playing, and this is from like last week. So, um, 
Yes, I do still have Warframe. I'm actually, I've spent some decades in there, so um, I've definitely got some time invested. More time that I'm going to have to invest in there uh, because, again, I, I got a buddy who plays nothing but Warframe. So it's like, when you have someone like that, you want to be at a certain level too. But, so I'm, I've, been, I've been working on that in the background. Uh, I also jumped into Tower Fantasy. Um, I jumped into that last night to check it out. Um, it's supposed to be a mobile game, but it's also on PC. Um, it's another gotcha game. It's supposed to be kind of like um, Genshin Impact, but not. Um, you have more, you have a custom created character you can make. Um, and they have a lot of options from Jump uh, for your custom created character. So there's one difference. Um, but I'm not too long in the game. I only played it for about an hour. Uh, I was just trying to check it out. I saw some stuff about it. Saw some of the combat. That's what really got me. I was like, oh, this combat looks kind of cool. Um, and then I get into it, and it does have a, a nice mix-up, man. Like, mm. it has some of the things that we would like from Genshin Impact, like the cute stuff. You have the, the different chicks. You got the different weapons, the over-the-topness. Um, and that's the, a lot of similarities that it shares in that fact where on um, the gotcha side, yeah, you're going to be rolling for different types of characters. But how this kind of separates itself is that you don't have to use those characters you roll for. You can just okay. use your custom character. But there are benefits to you using those characters, though. So, for an example, your custom character is not going to have the abilities um, or, like, Certain weapons will give you certain certain animations based off of whatever character you end up rolling for or whatever whatever character you get. Um, your custom character is not going to have those animations if you don't use those characters. Um, okay. And those animations come with additional effects and things like that. So it, it just gives you a, some more options from what I've noticed. And it looks really cool, man. Um, it's quick. Uh, with the combat, while I was saying it's kind of like Genshin, but not. Um, in here... It seems like, and this is something that I always care about, they they make it a little more extensive. It's not so basic. So basically, in the, the other thing too, because uh, I only play, when I play games on PC, I only play with controller. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. controller settings aren't the greatest right now. You have to have both to use the interface. Um, okay. And then even sometimes, like it just doesn't, controller is just really weird right now. But, um, you can still, it's it's still doable. With that being said, coming back to the combat, the way that it is, is like you have, there's like three different weapons that you can end up having. So let's say you have a bow, you have a sh like this other gun, or you can have a bow and two other weapons. Basically, as you do damage with one weapon, it charges up your other weapons in your inventory, or one of your other weapons in your inventory, depending on what kind of damage you're doing. And what that does is once you fill that bar, you can do a special attack and swap swap to that weapon. So it gives you that feeling of fluidity as you're going through combat moves because you're mentally kind of like challenging yourself a little bit. All right, well, I need to build up momentum essentially with this one weapon, swap to this other weapon. I'm doing, I do a special combo. Now I'm into a, a whole different combo set. And then now I'm building it up again. So I just unlocked the bow on this other character. So now I, I love, and so now I'm charging that up. And then when I do that special boom, now I can back up, shoot a few bows off or whatever the case. And then boom, kind of rinse and repeat or choose to move through the cycle however I want, which I thought was really unique. So it's interesting. But again, this is definitely one of those games where it's playing off of the, the waifu fantasy. 
right? Um, it's definitely going to be one of those. You're, that's, I was going to say, I was checking out the, uh, I was checking out the aesthetic here, and it's yeah. definitely the waifu action, man, for sure. It's People, got some great animation, though. No, the animation is top notch. Um, yeah. but it's definitely going to be playing to the waifu fantasy. I mean, of course. Uh, that's what gets people to spend money on these types of games um but it does from everything from the little bit of research that i did um it does seem to be a little bit more free to play friendly uh so they have a lot of things in there that are pretty dope and i i would love just to see these games come more so to all platforms that was going to be the main reason of me bringing that up and why i wanted to try it because i like those and the, the difference between this game and like genshin this game is is it's supposedly priding itself of being an MMO also. It's mm-hmm. not just a gotcha game. It's an MMO right. also. So those are other elements that you're trying to play off of. And MMOs can be very difficult to sustain if you do not do the right things. And uh, one of those points was I, I heard one of the guys that I was watching. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right now, but he was bringing it up because they have a lot of different servers. Mm-hmm. And that's good, but it can also create a huge divide when you're trying sure. to build up a player base. It's one thing I I think personally, it's one thing that I've seen from like Fantasy Star. It's one thing to have different servers and everything, but I would rather you have those servers in the tuck in case you need them versus just you giving me those up front. You know, because you could kind of figure out your player base at that point. But either it's, way. it's really incredible. Like I was just looking at this game, right? And I was looking at the, who developed it. it. It's a company completely perfect, different, completely perfect different world, world, right? Perfect world. Of course, it, it's from China, right? But you right, wonder right. how these games come out with such quality. That studio, and again, this is old information because it's from China, so we don't, you know, yeah, we're not going to get, get a lot. But yeah. but they were over forty five hundred employees back in twenty thirteen. So you wonder how they pump out these games and how they are such high quality games. And like you said, Steel, I'd love to see Xbox start getting some of these games and just throw them in Game Pass or whatever. Just create a whole separate section, mobile gaming on Game Pass, whatever. Like I said, I eventually think that they're going to have a mobile game Game Pass too. Um, a mobile Game Pass, I should say. Um, <laughs> but it's just crazy, man, when you think about China and how they just continuously pump out. And again, everybody knows my feelings on having, right, you know, the Chinese government involved, but it's crazy. 4,500 employees back in 2013, man. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's just insane. It's all mobile games. That's what they do. It's like mobile games. Like, that's their forte. So it's 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 crazy, man, how much money they've invested in this stuff. But that's why we get high quality stuff like this. Glad you tried it out, Steel. I like it. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's mad dope. Um, Again, I just had, I was seeing some stuff about it. And again, this is something else where it's just like marketing works, people. Like I'm an avid gamer. I would say I'm an enthusiast. And I saw so many ads for this game just all over the place. It constantly, because I saw the combat also, it was constantly putting something in my mind somewhere in the, in the depths back there to at this point when I saw it again and it took the link took me to their site and I was on my PC. I was just like, let me download it. Let me see what's about. Let me let me see how I feel about it. And I, I think I might have to throw it in the rotation, man. So it just depends. Um, so that's, but that's really dope. Other than that, um, I hadn't gotten to much other gaming this week. Um, those who don't know a little bit behind the scenes, I did get into um unfortunately got into a wreck this week. So I've been trying to heal it off of that, and it's that's been crazy. And then I also, hey, I was telling Pong. I was also doing something that, um, 
you know, some of the other generations said these young kids just don't do anymore. I was outside getting some work in, man, cutting down some branches, moving around, just throwing them just barehanded. Uh, no gloves, no nothing, just out there getting gritty with the branches, man. And uh, I got them out there by the street, man. We 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 looking good. We feeling better. But is that welcome to to the grown life, right? <laughs> welcome to welcome to being an adult, ladies and gentlemen. For those who are uh, curious, look at you. You turn thirty, and there you are outside doing work. Look at you. Yeah, exactly. Just, see, you're not young anymore, man. Hey, you're old now. But, hey, mate, mate, but I've always been that way. <laughs> Um, Ray Oy, glad you all right, Steel. Hey man, I greatly appreciate that. It was, it was, it's, it was crazy. Um, let's let's just say, um, it's not my first. Probably, hopefully, it'll be my last. But let's just say, every time it makes me just a little bit more paranoid. I'm not gonna lie, man. It is what it is. You make those adjustments, but that's not what we're here for today. Um, I'll definitely talk about that a little bit later if we if we'd like, but. We got to get into these upcoming games. Um, Paul, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to get into with the people before we proceed forward, my guy? No, 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 because we are on a time limit today, sir. So we got a lot to talk about. So yes. we probably get down to business. For those who don't is- know, um, I, there is I do have an appointment right around one o'clock that I got to get to. Um, so yeah, probably gonna probably cut a little bit short, but just keep that in mind. Uh, that sure, sure sure for us is, a, is still a show and a half for most people. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's actually a lot longer than what people would recommend. I don't know, who cares? Who, recommend? who cares? Who yeah, cares? Who cares? We do what we do here. All right. <laughs> exactly. Let's see here. So we are coming up on the week of the 22nd, and we've got some games this week, Steel. That's for dang sure, man. So um, we're going to start out with one that is coming to Game Pass day and date for all of our Xbox users, but it is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, and that is one that I've been looking forward to. Midnight Fight Express is coming August the 23rd. Really? Okay. Yeah, man, that is that indie title with the uh, fighting hand-to-hand, a lot of John Wick. There's even some um, vehicle uh, combat in this. This game is looking fantastic. We saw it at the showcase uh, in June, caught my attention right away, and it is dropping this week. So get ready for that. I know there's a lot of people that are hyped for this game. So this is going to be a fun one, man. This is definitely going to be a fun one. And another game that we've talked about here, Steel Plenty, because I'm not digging it. Uh, It's classic franchise. It's coming back, which I'm happy about. I hope a lot of people enjoy it. I hope it comes out good. Uh, but Saints Row, Steel, August yeah, 23rd, no PlayStation 5. I got no faith, but no it doesn't faith. matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Again, I'm not that dude who says, I hate it, so everybody else has to hate it. Not at all. I hope a lot of people have a lot of good times. Hey, look, Mav, everybody's jumping into it day one. So all of you, I hope you have a great time. But Saints Row, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on August 23rd this week. Enjoy it, everybody. Uh, Then we got F1 Manager 2022 coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC August the 25th for you F1 nuts who want to get down and dirty with the nuts and bolts. Get F1 Manager 2022. Uh, and then we got SD Gundam Battle Alliance deal yes, coming to PlayStation. Yeah, coming to PlayStation yeah, Five, yeah, Xbox yeah, Series, yeah. PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, yes, and sir. PC. Steel. 
little Gundam action for you this yeah, week, brother. Yes, sir. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Um, this is another one I'm getting day one. Um, I'm definitely going to play through this. I'll put everything down just to jump in the air. Um, so it's going to be a good time. It's co-op experience. This is another one of those games to where I do wish it was coming to a service. Um, that's another conversation that's going to be coming up. Um, I feel like this episode just because um, that topic has kind of come up again, man. Like people where people are like, oh, uh, shout out to the to the great David Jaffe, uh, Jaffe, one of the one of the creators for God of War. Um, he he was saying that there was a game that recently came out that he believed should have been in the um, in a service. Uh, Roller Drum, I believe it was. Um, he believed that should have been in a service and people gave him a lot of flack for it. Um, didn't actually, I believe a lot of people didn't actually listen to what he was saying. But again, there's certain type of games where you want that just for engagement to make sure that the the devs know that the game is cared for, but it's coming out by Bandai Namco. So I think that's going to get enough attention as it is because Bandai has been just on a freaking roll, man. Like. Uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's going to do all right. Hopefully, hope I, I got a day one. Uh, so it's going to be I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, no, for sure. For the Gundam fans out there, if it wasn't a service, I'd definitely play it. I, I just there's no way I could justify it right now, but right. I, I would definitely be playing it uh, with you because it would be so much fun. But um, it'll definitely one down the road. Maybe I look at depending on how your experience is. That's a great part about having this community too. You get friends who you trust that jump into games like this and, and tell you what it's about. So right, right. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, what happens with that one. Pac-Man World repack that's oh. right we're getting some new pac-man folks classic classic character i hope they just keep dropping pac-man i don't care whether the games sell well this is another bandai namco look bandai namco is on a roll Bandai right is now. on a fucking is fucking on yeah. fire bro there's nothing they, they can do are. wrong right now nope so pac-man world repack coming to everything playstation 5 Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on August the 26th. Looking great. And then, Steel, this is the one. I, I'm, I'm going to do everything possible to try to budget this in this week. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Okay. So, obviously, I've been waiting on it. Uh, uh, yeah, At- yeah. Atlas is coming back, brother, to Xbox, finally. Uh, obviously, we know Persona's going to be coming to Game Pass later right, this year, Persona right. 5, and then we get the you know 3 and the 3 portable, and we get Golden, which is going to be freaking amazing. I yeah, can't wait. Crazy. But right now, we are getting Soul Hackers 2. Go check out the reviews. The reviews are good, okay? They're not Persona great by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but it's hovering around like a 78 right now to an 80 on Open Critic. There was one review that dropped it a little bit, uh, and all you had to do was read about two paragraphs of that review, and you understood where it was going from the beginning. Ridiculous. Again, reviewers out there, you got to, you know, whatever. Uh, the guy should never have reviewed the game, okay? Should oh, just well, never. Yeah. That's like that's but, like me reviewing it and be like, well, gave it a 30. Maybe that's, it not, a 30 maybe that's not fair, because I probably would have gave it some justice. Gave it a 30, Steel. Yeah, that is, look, no, I, look, I doubt that look, it's that bad. It's got to be a broken it's not, game to be get a 30. It's not It's not that bad. And, <laughs> no. It's not that bad, and I've seen a lot of it. So it was yeah, like, yeah, but I'm saying at an 80, I think an 80 is a fair you know, evaluation. Yeah, I think that's probably where this is going to fall into. And hey, uh, Soul Hackers 2 coming to PlayStation 5 series, Xbox series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. Listen, uh, overall takeaway from the reviews, and again, I don't I do not do reviews. They are what they are, you know, except for like ACG and a few others that I right. trust. 
But with this type of game, I was expecting this was going to be another Atlas 100-hour time sink. It's not. So if you guys are thinking that this is like one of those games that's going to you know cost you 100 hours and you just don't want to put that investment in, nah, they're saying 30 to 40 hours to run through. Um, and they've got a lot of accessibility yeah. features okay. as well attached to this game. So if you're one of those people, it is turn-based battles, but they've made it very simple if you want it to be simple. So if you just want to experience it because the story, the characters, the art direction is phenomenal. It yeah, looks great. It looks classic Atlas here. Um, then they've got that uh, built in as well into this game. So go check out Soul Hackers 2 if you're looking for that JRPG love. And obviously, the more support... If anybody out there is like me and the GRPGs are starting to come to Xbox, we got to support how we support. So, um, you know, I bought Danganronpa when it came to Xbox, yeah, even though it did. was in Game Pass to support the decision to finally bring it over. And that's why I really want to buy Soul Hackers 2 to support Atlas. Um, it's not in Game Pass, but I want to support Atlas and their decision to finally bring it to Xbox because I've been waiting on this kind of stuff. So Soul Hackers 2 this week, August 26th. Um, and I think that wraps up the week, but it is a solid list right there, Steel. Lots no, that was of things list, for yeah. everybody, right? So there's a little bit of everything for everybody in there. Um, the only thing is probably not platformers, but you get a little bit of everything this week. Um, so, yeah, man, that's this week in gaming. Really excited. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the crazy Greek dude asks, have either of you played The Cycle Frontier? Um, that sounds really familiar, and I don't think that I have played that. Cycle the Cycle Frontier. Frontier. Um, hey, let's get let's get that in there real quick. Hey, that's a good question, Greek dude, because I want to see why does that sound familiar to me? Cycle Frontier. I, you know uh, what's crazy about this game that you're about this game is that yeah. I did look into um Cycle Frontier. Um, I saw it pop up on Steam, and it was actually a recommended game to me. And um, it's a PVE VP game. Um, Cycle Frontier is a 2022 first person shooter. Uh, developed and published by Jaeger Development. Jaeger describes this game as a competitive quest shooter and labels it with the cross-genre PvEVP, a combination of player versus environment and player versus player. Um, and I looked at some of the reviewing things. I It didn't look good enough for me to bite the bullet on it and jump into it. Um, so crazy greek i mean if you got an opinion on it, let me let me know how you feel um i might end up giving it a run because i it was something that i was looking at um but it just didn't look like it was up my alley and i looked at some of the gameplay and i was just like wow well, I, I don't know about that man it looks really iffy and i a lot of what i play i will 100 will judge off a of gameplay because i know what i stand for as a game ladies and gentlemen but PC only, uh, crazy Greek dude. So you know I'm out. Uh, yeah, I don't do PC at and all. And it's PC so, only. Yeah, yeah, it's PC only right now. So nope, nope, haven't touched it. It looks kind of cool though. But uh, again, you know, don't know until you jump in. Like Steel said, the reviews kind of you know didn't didn't hit him right. So yeah, uh, and what he saw. So uh, yeah, good morning to you, big bad Mo. Thanks for dropping in here, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Shout out 100%. to Mo. Um, the, bad. Mo. Another thing too, you were talking about the Saints Row releasing. Um, release coming up and i know a lot of people are excited for that again i just don't yeah. know how i feel about about saints row i i am gonna wait on it i'm not yeah. pressured to play it i again i'm like stretched between a few different games right now along with also um buckling down on school and things on my end so it's like i'm really gonna have to have a choice on what i'm gonna do now i know my wife was saying that she was interested so i might end up getting it for her 
um, because she's she just she likes those types of games. GTA, she likes just running around doing the missions, having a good time. It's her creative character, um, so that it might be something that's really appealing to her. And again, just like. I saw her when she was playing cyberpunk. She got a completely different experience. She had like a pong type of experience versus what I had. Uh, she put about the same amount of hours as you did in everything pong. Basically did everything. And, she did? Uh, yeah. In cyberpunk? Yeah. yeah. You didn't tell me that she had finished it, really? Yeah, she, yeah, no, nah, yeah. She, 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 she bust that nice. out and is actually was debating on playing it again. <laughs> so, yes. and uh, yes. like every time that I bring it up, she's like, oh, expansion? to dlc <laughs> yeah, so that's the point that we're at with it again good game um nick and says the anime next month too yeah netflix i sold her that yeah. too and, I, and she was like that so good yeah i'm i'm gonna I'm 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 watch it day one um nick says i could never get into saints row yeah man it's just again yeah. uh it is what i it like is. the old saint rose the yeah, i like saint the old one one and two especially yeah. two I was I even was three, kinda... three. Now that I played the remaster again and I'm playing through that. Love it, man. I love it. But two was pinnacle for me, but three was still very, very, very good. And the remaster's done well. So, yeah, that, um, yep, absolutely. Four was fun, but again, it jumped the shark a little bit for me with the superhero powers and the, and the over the top alien. Shark. Right. Yeah. It still had its moments. It still was Saints Row. My fear is that this is not Saints Row anymore. So we're going to find out. Action-wise, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I'm sure the action is going to be really, really well done. Everything I've seen from the videos, it looks very well done in the open world. It's just the rest of it, the characters, the missions, just don't feel Saints Row-y to me. So, but we'll find out. Maybe I'll change, have a change of heart when I see people play it. Yeah, there's there's no talent for sure. Um, yep. There was also some things, um, because... Osmond awesome Gold, for those who aren't familiar, um, he's just he's a very popular streamer. has has some really has some hot takes, has some interesting opinions. I, I mean, I think he's a cool dude. I mean, he's interesting. As yeah, he's a, yeah. he's awesome. He even got into true crime, so my my wife was watching him. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "Asma Gold, yeah, he's a big gigantic streamer." I'm yeah, like, "World yeah. of Warcraft," and then Final Fantasy 14 when he moved over. I said, "Yeah, he, she's like, oh, he's doing true crime now because he was doing the whole uh, right. Johnny Depp case and stuff." So she was watching him it's just hilarious those crossovers it's just it's also funny because you could tell that he actually has a little bit more reach i know sometimes people say that oh streamers and you twitter guys i don't have reach like that but um apparently has enough reach for blizzard to kind of double down on diablo 4 we got some news about that this week um them clarifying the the whole loot system and how that's going to be because people are, are especially coming off the heels of diablo immortal people are super concerned about diablo 4 um having some of those same aspects loot boxes um and the cosmetic issues sorry i was my my kids are going with their their grandparents grandpapa um but so a lot of people are concerned that there's going to be a lot of pay to win in diablo 4 I know originally when I talked about Diablo Mortal, I I mentioned here that I don't think that that's going to be there. Uh, I don't think they're going to villainize, quote unquote, or we're talking about Activision right now with nothing changed or going through a change, I should say. I'm not going to say nothing's changed, but they're going to demonize the game. Um, I don't think that's going to end up happening, but Paul, can you ju- jump on that? How you feeling about that, man? They're clarifying things. Let me uh, get the girls. Yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Go get your kids off, man. Um, listen, when it comes to Diablo four, I understand the hesitation uh, 100% because obviously the lack of trust has been earned by blizzard. Uh, that's not something you want to earn, but obviously with a mortal, 
and the decisions that they made with that game, even though it is mobile, um, you know, and, and it's on PC, but even though it was based on a mobile and we knew we were going to get the monetization, the monetization in Diablo Mortal is so extreme. I'm sure you guys have seen the, the streamer who spent $100,000 uh, in that game, literally spent $100,000. And he got so powerful that when he tried to play PvP, he could not matchmake with anybody. So you spend $100,000 on a game, and now the game won't play for you because you can't find a match because you're so damn powerful. Listen, there's yeah. a lot that Blizzard chose wrong when it came to Immortal. There's reasons I, I get, again, when something's free to play or games as a service, I'm cool. I I've said that from the beginning. I'm cool because it lets me decide how much I want to invest. But when you make something so egregious, like Immortal, what that's going to do it is going to affect how people look at your upcoming games, whether it's fair or not. So with Diablo 4, there's a lot of people out here. I saw Jez make a post on Twitter too saying, I don't trust them. I, I don't trust them until, you know, they, they talked about that with Immortal, that it wasn't going to be this big a deal. And it came out and was absolutely over the top egregious. So you know, I think they've earned that lack of trust um, and they've got to make sure that with Diablo 4, because I personally, personally, just me, I, I think Blizzard knows better that they're not going to be able to pull that BS with a full price game. OK, uh, well, just we 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 again, we hope so. And that's what I'm, right, right. I'm just for. saying. That's why I said personal opinion is I think that Blizzard knows that. But right. we hope hope so at the end of the day, of course, because. We haven't seen it come out yet, so it could be absolutely awful. They could monetize the hell out of it, and everybody goes, what is this? This is a full-price game. What are you doing, Blizzard? But at the same time, I think it is going to be purely cosmetic at the end of the day yeah. when it comes to the full-price game, um, even if they are charging 30 bucks an outfit or whatever the hell well, they want to do. I think what, what people are worrying about, because yeah. you, you can throw other things in there, like pay to progress. Yeah, which could be could. pay to win also. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The people are worried about those types of things, especially in a game like Diablo, where it's really it's based off of you running the same things over and over again. Um, you getting better equipment the more times you run it. I hope this Diablo opens that up too, where it's like it's really where every run literally feels different, kind of like taking from like Path of Exile yeah. or um, what's the other Korean game that ended up coming out here recently? That um... Tim, Tim the Sorcerer. We can see your chats too, by the way, yes. brother. You yeah, are we good. We can with see us. your chats. You are good here. So you are you are really good, man. All right. Um, oh, Lost Ark. Lost Ark is going to be the other yeah. one. I think Diablo should start pulling some things from there. Um, where it just makes makes things. It gives you a different feel to the game every time you play. Um, but I'm not super worried about it. But it is definitely a conversation to have. I mean, again, uh. They're obviously wanting to make sure to clarify things, um, make sure that nobody is of the wrong assumption. So you you know that that at least I can agree with Pong that they at least understand they're not oblivious to it, right? So you're right back, Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, so I wanted to make sure to throw that in there. Uh, and the other thing too that I wanted to kind of give uh to the audio listeners and big mad mo real quick says i'll be fine to do not pvp in diablo only pve so and again yeah you'll have those options but again it, it can still make you feel some type of way in those types of games if even if you're just doing pve if somebody next to you is like seemingly or you see other people seemingly progressing 30 times faster than you are that can be kind of frustrating but a lot of times i mean if you don't care about that type of thing then I wouldn't say necessarily worry about it then. Uh, let me see. Okay, let's see if I can just move that. 
Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and mute the uh, the background audio for the video because it looks like Pong's bars just do their thing. But uh, the next thing that I wanted to jump into, and I talked a little bit about this in the behind the scenes. And look, if you're not here with us live, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time on a Saturday, so you can get those behind the scenes conversations. Before we go live, especially for our audio listeners, uh, you're missing out, man. But what I wanted to what I wanted to touch on was also Lies of P. Um, supposed to be the Souls like game. It's a, also supposedly uh, supposed to be something like a Bloodborne successor. Um, possibly coming to, to Game Pass. Um, and there's also going to be more shown about it at Gamescom. That's coming up this uh, this upcoming week, actually. Um, Tuesday, hopefully, I'll be able to do something live with that. Probably jump in with some people, uh, depending on what's going on. I think that would be a beautiful thing. But um, we're getting some rumors and things that it may be dropping into Game Pass, which if Lies of P drops into Game Pass, I think that's going to be something. I think that's going to be marketing genius kind of put to the test. Um, because if it does, that means Xbox is obviously doubling down on making sure that their consumers understand that they do hear that they want more content within their service, uh, that they want good content within their service of as uh, quality, um, and it's of that echelon. And when you have a game like Elden Ring that has sold fifteen over 15 million copies within three months of release, you kind of want to build off of that hype and then when you mix it in with uh, you seemingly hearing like, oh, this could be something like Bloodborne or can you looking at some of the, the fluidity of the game and the style of the game and uh, the way that it's coming across to you and you're getting some of those same elements because not all souls got uh, souls like games are the same. They all have different aesthetics. Um, you could be really com- like not complimenting, but capitalizing more so off of something that has become a phenomenon this year and i don't see any real other games other than god of war i think it's going to come out too late though i'm competing for that god of war uh not god of war but uh game of the year stage uh where whereas elden ring is so again this could be something else that could fit in that same category if it if it pops off um Pong, I mean, now it's your back. We talked about this a little bit on the back end. I know the audio listeners didn't get this, uh, getting didn't get this part of the conversation, and maybe we got some newer people that are in here that didn't get that part of it. Also, you see, you got Mitchie in here. We got Silent in here now. We got Shane in here. Casket is here. Um, you know, maybe they, and they didn't hear the conversation. Uh, how are you feeling about Lies of P potentially? Coming to Game Pass, um, as we've gotten information from the snitch, who has, for those who don't know, if you're not in part of the Twitterverse, um, on Twitter, the snitch is some guy who's popped up within the last six months who seemingly is just, he has a connection to the algorithm or something because he's come out with information of like God of War um, and some other games that have been part of that too, where he's just been right more times than not not saying that he's never been wrong because he definitely no, has been yeah but been. Yep. he's been he's he's about he's a shooter 80 from 80 80 20 right now so mm-hmm. yep. how are you feeling about some of these things possibly happening again liza p was coming to gamescom regardless so yep. if they tie that in with game pass do you agree with me that there's maybe xbox is 
sat down with some meetings and really figured out how they need to address their marketing, especially after we've seen with some of the Brazil talk we had last weekend where they're seemingly like, hey, man, we tired of y'all crying wolf. We're playing a big dog game now. Uh, what are you thinking about this whole situation, man? Yeah, um, I, I think as we talked about beforehand, um, again, I had mentioned this last week when we talked about Gamescom because Xbox had done a big promotional push and we saw everybody from Xbox is over there, like Phil, right. Sarah, Matt Booty, everybody. And then they come out with the Xbox Wire. And again, Xbox has had a presence in game at Gamescom in the past. It's not like they've not been there before, but to me, this feels a little bit different. And then when Xbox Wire came out with their kind of presser about Gamescom and that they're doing this three or five hour block of time that Xbox is going to have like live streamed, like where they're going to have people, developers and stuff. And then they gave the list of games. Liza P was the one that stood out to me because yeah. it's third party. We had we had seen it. Some people were talking about when it was first announced, but it kind of had disappeared again. And, and we hadn't heard anybody having marketing rights. We hadn't really seen any kind of push as of yet for it. And now all of a sudden it shows up on the list that it's going to be at the Xbox stage at Gamescom. And I said last week on the show, I was like, that's the one that stood out that was like, hmm, very, very interesting. Because the thing is, Steel, and you touched on it, when you look at Liza P, go back and look at it, instantaneously, it's Bloodborne. And Bloodborne, yeah. as we know, is exclusive to Sony's ecosystem, right? They've got it on lock. People have been demanding a remake of Bloodborne now for years. There's a whole group of people in this community, huge Bloodborne fans. There's people who still, I, you know, shout out to Joe, you know, that think that this is the greatest Souls game ever, that Bloodborne is the number one, yeah, right? right? So if Xbox, and again, I don't, care you know me i i don't yeah. care about exclusives if it, if it's coming to game pass i could care less okay i i don't care where it goes i don't care if it's on everything but the point of fact is if microsoft has looked at things and looked at the landscape and they've seen what a bloodborne has done for sony where there's this huge passionate community and that was even prior to souls being more than niche ever since Elden Ring. Now, Elden Ring being the phenomenon it has, has expanded that audience even more. So if Xbox looked over there and saw what Bloodborne meant to Sony, and they pulled out the wallet and funded a part of this game or did a third-party deal with this the developer of Liza P to get it on Xbox and to make sure it was in Game Pass day and date, that's a shrewd business move because it is a genre. Yeah. Yes, Dark Souls have been on Xbox. But again, we always talk about what that association is. And because yeah. of Bloodborne, prior to, obviously, Elden Ring, but because of Bloodborne, Souls games were always still associated with Sony's side of things. Demon Souls, so it, too. Yeah, Demon yeah. Souls, et cetera. Demon Souls, obviously, being the original. Again, right. I played it all the way back on PS3. So, I, I, you know, that association was with Sony. So, if Microsoft wants to start whittling away at that, again, to make a deal like this with... Again, I'm not saying Liza P is going to be as good as Bloodborne. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. This game could not be. But from what I've seen, it's got real potential here because it's got a lot of the same aesthetics. If this is the next big thing in the Souls-like genre, 
Microsoft making this deal to get it over on Xbox makes total sense. Yeah. And it would be a huge W for them, even if it's not exclusive, even if it's just coming to Game Pass, because we also know the effect that Game Pass has. If it's in Game Pass, it's like having exclusive in a lot of ways when it comes to marketing, because everybody associates it with Xbox because everybody's talking about, hey, it's coming to Game Pass day one. It's coming to Game Pass day one. Even if it's on other consoles to purchase, the fact that it's in there, in that subscription service, it automatically gets branded with Xbox. And the so, other important thing, yep. too, Shoot. is if they do the marketing right on this, I, the actual developers themselves, they're also basing it off the Pinocchio story. Yes. So you're taking a well-known character and putting this gameplay behind it that is also seemingly getting a lot of traction. There could be a huge audience that could be reached with this. People are like my Pinocchio game, Eliza P. Well, what, what story are they trying to tell with this? Dark, dark fantasy Pinocchio, which hasn't been done. It's an interesting concept. It's something that definitely can draw people in. Um, and I think, Steel, that again, I think that it, showing up on the game stage here at Gamescom means right. that they've done something special with this, that they obviously, this is one that they have put money out for in some capacity. Again, we'll find out more, I'm sure. But I think that this definitely could be a huge, huge W for Xbox, especially if it turns out to be a well-polished, really good game. I think, man, then they caught, you know, they're catching it at the right time. Um, and, and I think that this is, again, it's just a chess move, looking at the landscape, realizing, hey, we don't have this per se on our side. Outside of obviously, we got Dark Souls, we got Elden Ring, we got that stuff as as third party, but we just don't have that unique one in the ecosystem that says, "Hey, I'm going to go get Game Pass to play this game." And I think they're taking a chance on him on this one, and I'm yeah. all for it, man, all for it. Yeah, so. I'm I'm 100 behind it. Um, it's looking really good. So um, looking to wait to see more information about it. Again, more crazy news that we can get as things spark up, man. We're getting to the to the fall months. This is the time where you really start hammering people over the head, get them excited what they can expect for the winter, Christmas. I, mean, I think I think this is going to be a major holiday uh, going into 2023, especially. Bro, there is so many things that you can tie together right now that if you do it right, the beginning of 2023, especially, I don't think Starfield is going to get pushed back into the fall. I think Starfield is going to come out within the first three months of the year. And if mm. that is the case, mm. I, I think so personally. Personally. Mm. Personally. Right. I think I, Starfield, I'm all for it, brother. I'm all for it. I you think Starfield's me. coming out latest March. Latest all right. March type. I don't think it's as far as behind as people are trying to admit again. You said the date wasn't was in pen. For them to move the date and not give another date, sure, they yeah. can push it off even further if they wanted to. But if you put that date in pen originally, that tells me as someone who is not, I'm just a game fan. I love games. I like, I like the development. I like to, I like to pay attention to a lot of mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You yep. tell me as someone who pays attention to those things. Yep. I think they're just, they're giving themselves room, but they're also giving themselves an the opportunity again to do something like a three 23, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a me. Again, that, that, that date's always made sense to I've me said, as well. So I've said it from the beginning. So sure. it's like, that's what I would like to see. If they're able to do that, get all the marketing right, solidify some things, um, and really end off this holiday, 
with as many games as we're anticipating for 2023. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I, I hope you got your seatbelt on tight. Like, I and, really, really do. And Pinocchio, we can't forget too, Steel. Pinocchio is going to be in people's uh, minds again, the name oh, Pinocchio, wow. because Guillermo del Toro's new movie is coming out this year as well in December. Wow, that is, that is so, true. Yeah, yeah and he's true. got a different take. He's not going, at least from the looks of it, it's not as dark a theme as Liza okay. P, but the name Pinocchio is going to be in people's minds. And when people find out that Liza P, P standing for Pinocchio, it's going to be, you know, it's a great time to have this coming out for your ecosystem. So and it, I'm and all, it, drew, I'm it drew my attention. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Pinocchio fan, but it, it is something but, that I grew up with. So it's like yeah. when I heard Lies of P and then I looked into it, of course, I automatically assumed it was Pinocchio. I mean, that, right. who else would you think of when you see the character um, and you say Lies of P? I'm like, Lies of P, what the hell is this? And then you go look at the gameplay and you're like, Pinocchio? All right, what what are you doing with this? Like, okay, and I'm always interested in the darker side of it because that is something we, I mean, again, I haven't gotten, I got the, I mean, the story, the, the original Disney story is still kind of kind of messed up, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is time. a little bit, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, but even comparing, like, it's not as dark as the original story is, Um, even more, which is even more messed up. And if this game could kind of, tie everything together along with the marketing what, what xbox is doing it gets into a service it gets all the attention that it needs we, we, again you know, he's got a, he's got some other content that can support it, a lot of things are just working in the right direction so that gets me um especially as a fan of that type of genre Is, uh, isildur's bane brings up a good date too if it's not early if it is closer to that that may area 5 23 also makes a lot of sense First of all, that'd be a freaking awesome birthday week uh, present for me at Starfield. That would but be. That would it turns be. out to be 555 if you add the two threes together. So another God Howard date would work at 523-23 because it is a Tuesday as well. So um, there yeah, are there some dates for uh, God Howard to choose from since he loves his special dates. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like yep. Shane uses as an example, Redfall late January, Folger po- yep. Motorsport mid-March, Minecraft Legends late April, Diablo 4 late May, Starfield late June, Avowed late November. What a year, plus all the indies and third parties. Shane, I mean, yep. you put together quite a year. I mean, again, and, that's And then what? you're going to have One, Contraband two, in there, too. Contraband's going to be ready as four, well. Five, six, exclusive. That's just six exclusive that year. Yep. And then Contraband. But exclusive, exclusives are a problem right now, right, ladies and gentlemen? Keep, keep that in mind. Exclusives are a problem. A lot of people determine their ecosystem from exclusives. So keep that in mind. We'll see. Yeah, how he's not even throwing in Stalker too. He's Nothing. not throwing in any of the other you're stuff. You're missing a bunch know. of ga- you're missing a bunch yeah. of games. But it's gonna be crazy next year if they hold steady. It's gonna right. be crazy. And but, crazy. and but this is exactly the reason why I don't like you've mentioned it. Oh, and now you give me a date, I'm not gonna believe you. But it's yeah. it's, it's why I've always had that mentality. It's, it's just because like. I you're better than us, Steel. You're better than I don't know, but I don't know about all. Yeah, nah, nah, you're better, man. You're just better. It's just, it's just for me. It's just I take, I take games as they come. (laughs) Like I like getting excited for them, but I learned early on that these that companies like to show us things, and then I don't get them for years later. 
I remember as a kid going through magazines and everything else, and you're like, oh, yeah, it looks really cool. And then, it used to be a lot better, though, Steel. It used to be a lot it, it did. They used to pace out better and everything, <laughs> yeah. but I agree with that. But at the same time, it's like, I, I guess that I built up that callus for it. So, um, no, no, I'm cool with them. Like, we've talked about it, too, going back yeah. to the old ways and not showing us anything until they're ready. Again, I'm the guy who wants to see everything. Oh. I just said dates-wise, I ain't listened to you to two weeks out from here on out. Yeah. But if they go back to where they don't show us anything until they're ready and it is locked i'm cool with that that's fine with me especially I'll, if we're I'll getting complete games more yeah. so now because that's yeah. the other thing i know the 70 dollars conversation was coming up uh <laughs> came up again you and bear spaces and people you making videos and right. uh you and mav said y'all ain't gonna talk about it again <laughs> we um, might have talked about because mav has to go out of rant ah he can't help himself brother no he, he can't. can't he can't he can't help himself <laughs> um I mean, again, we could use that as a get some help segment right here if you'd like. <laughs> uh, that's completely up to you. Real quick, uh, just because the conversation's there again, it's not something that we got to dive super deep yeah. into. Uh, but again, using inflation as a reason, it's not a good reason. Um, using, I, I don't know, the economy as a reason, I don't think it's a good reason either. Um, I, I think when you have those very surface level conversations you're missing the wider picture you're missing the fact that you're actually getting less content that you've ever gotten before i i miss this is one thing i do miss about physical games is part of the reason why i don't like getting physical things anymore i miss getting that poster in the case i miss getting the instructions that i never looked at in the case uh just having that picture there i miss potentially getting some added benefit of whatever extra pamphlet was in that case right i used to be excited there was a two-week stickers stickers. there was a two-week trial for xbox live in there sometimes you know i i miss getting those things i I miss the cases because we used to judge your whole purchase off of what the front of that case looked like artwork the artwork, it took talent, right? People had to draw your attention in. You've made bad purchases because of artwork. Now, mm-hmm. I don't mind the whole digital era and everything, but ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to conflate things and compare things to each other and use those as metrics for why things should be the way they are, I, I think we're missing, you're missing the point. Like, it doesn't... Somebody brought up an excellent, excellent point. Um, they said, hey, what if games sold for $40 and they still sold as many copies as they did? You spent $100 million on a game. Like, the, <laughs> I'll bring this point up, too, because it's funny. People like when you hear when people say, oh, it took $100 million to make the game. It's just like, do you think that's only for the game? So you don't think the devs get paid at all while they're making the game? Yep. Is that what you think? Yep. No, that's the not, works, the, that's not that's the, the way, way it works, Steel. That's not the way the world works. Steel. Steel. These the people are works. getting paid. The, that on 100 million is the budget for everything. Like, like, I understand that everybody needs to know business. I'm not going to say I'm the most business inclined or doesn't, but come on. We can rub a couple neurons together. We can rub some sticks together. We can eventually create a fire. If we just listen to each other and help each other out a little bit, um, if they make, if they just spent 100, 100 million, 200 million, and they're still selling games at $70, if they're selling 10, if they sell 10 million copies, they sell 5 million at that price, they're making their money back. Everything else is extra. If people make it seem like, oh, but they, they got to make the most they can. Yeah, they're a business, of course. 
that doesn't justify the price tag, though. It's it's been proven. You can sell the game for half price, and you'll still be in the black. You'll be actually in the green. You'll actually still make a good enough amount of money. But it's business. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna do whatever you can to get that max profit out of your consumer. That's that's what it's for. And if your consumer's willing to pay it, that's just what it is, man. But it doesn't mean that we can't speak out on it. it doesn't mean it doesn't need to be a conversation. But like me and Pong have here all the time, and I'll kind of throw this into our get some help segments. I'll, I'll be the the leader of it this time. Um, us having the conversation, but also having the more open-ended conversation, it just shows you where the industry's at. And I don't want people to forget that your opinion can change things. The one thing that makes the gaming industry different from a lot of other industries, we have a direct reflection on where the direction goes. Gotcha games and the Battle Royale games aren't where they are without the audience. If people stop playing it, guess what? The game dies. Now now we're looking for a different way. It's it's very unique in that way, at least to me. I mean, Paul, like, how do you feel it? Taking a little bit of a different approach, having the conversation. Um, I mean, like, how how do you feel about it? Do you still think it's a it's a conversation to have if we're gonna have a open conversation? I don't know if it's necessarily a conversation to have if you're just sticking to, oh, it's inflation and oh, you should be you should be spending this and oh, like the disingenuous side of it. Like how like how do you think about that? Listen, first of all, a couple of special shout outs here. Stuff Sean showing up here in the chat. Hey, always good to see you, brother. Thunder for shock. Awesome to see you as well. Dank uh, Nate. Dank Nate. Great to see you coming hey, over from the dang. Doom Slayer Den last night. Up, hey, dang? great to see you as well. I did a special appearance over there with Lord Sob. Yeah, it's stable. It was awesome. Uh, shout out to ATL dropping in here. Live Supremacy. Silent Cypher, brother. Always great to see you. Muppet 1169. Muppet. What's been going on, man? Hey, listen, um, Steve, when it comes to this stuff, right? Right. Again, this is this is such a boring conversation at this point. Listen, <clears throat> there's two conversations to be had here. The problem being is, is that some people like to jump into gamers saying, I don't want to spend $70 right. and taking the business side of things. I have done this conversation multiple times from a business side of things, of course. All of these companies would not be here if they're not making money. They can make a business decision anytime they want to and up charges to $70. That's a business move. It's up to the consumer to push back and say, no, I'm not buying your games at that. But when it comes to people specifically like Sony, like 2K, like EA, they know there is a certain percentage of the fan base that will continuously say, ah, $10, I'll buy it anyways. I don't care. I've yeah. got FOMO. I need the game. Yeah. So they're going to push the line as far as they can. Until the sales numbers are affected, they will continue to push this line. But as a gamer, okay, as a gamer, mm-hmm. I can say, no, I'm not willing as a gamer, as a regular human being to pay more for something than I have to. I'm a value dude. And I think most people are right. And especially nowadays, 
But doesn't that make you just a broke boy, Paul? That's fine. I don't care what you call me. I'm 47 years old. I don't care. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life that have put me in this position. I don't care. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Call (laughs) me a broke gamer. I'm still not going to pay more than I think is necessary. But I'm also not the person that says, absolutely not. I'm never going to buy $70 game. Look, I spent $120 on Battlefield. Okay, so I'm not the guy out here pocket watching everybody. Do you want to spend $70 because the game is worth it to you? Go right ahead. But you can't come in and gatekeep or come in and try to cancel people's conversations just because you want to defend the corporation from a business side of things. And because you can throw out big words like inflation and macro (laughs) and microeconomics, you think that gives you some more validation to your point and that others should just be like, Oh, he's right. He, he's smarter than me. I shouldn't talk about this stuff. No, he's smarter than me (laughs) because you don't understand fully what you're even saying. Because if you did, if you were being if you were being intellectually honest, then you would also know that the buying power of the dollar from back then is nowhere <laughs> near what it is today because our oh. wages have not matched the cost of living increase. So then you would also know that that does not work out the same way. That's why we now have, oh. have a lot of us have to have two income families to buy the same stuff as our one income family households back in the day did. And we're barely making it. Yep. So the the buying power of the consumer is not the same, but you don't bring that up because again, you just want to use big words to try to shut down people's conversations over your favorite company. And that's where I have an issue with it. Gamers, consumers as a whole, we are all allowed to say, no, I don't want to pay this. And if you're going to try to come in and use the business side to shut down that, then all you do are you're just a bootlicker. But I can guarantee you, you don't walk in to go buy your brand new car and the dealership says, hey, we got a $5,000 rebate on this. And you turn around and go, nah, I want the premium experience. So you know what? I don't want that rebate. Don't give me that rebate. I'm going to pay the full price. You know what? In fact, don't give me the rebate. You know what? In fact, since you gave me such a premium customer service experience here at this dealership, I'm going to give you guys an extra $1,000 on top of that price. That's not what you do in yeah, real life. That's, that's funny. Listen, brother, we're all out here looking for deals, okay? Uh-huh. We're all out here trying to save a buck. We all worry about our money. Even rich people are cheap asses, Ooh. most of them. And that's how yeah, they got rich. That's how they they don't overpay for things that they don't feel is worth it. Again, can we all justify? Absolutely. I justified yeah. buying an OLED TV. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't need an OLED I didn't, I didn't need this. I could have saved half and bought myself a regular LED 4K that did 120 and I would have been happy. But I justified the OLED, right? So we all do that. But again, at the end of the day, these conversations are valid. These companies came out and were bragging about how much extra money yes. they were making yes. these days. Record profits on top of record profits because of things like DLC. Because before the, cost, the price change. <laughs> because of things like DLC, because of microtransactions, oh, because of all these things, because there's a bigger base of consumers now yes. buying your products. And a lot of the costs associated, as Steel was talking about with the physical side of things, has disappeared now. Because digital is so strong, 
that they don't, that's how they're making these record profits. So don't come out and try to tell me, well, the company needs to do this because of inflation. That they, that this is fair. They can do this after all this time. Well, you don't want no. gaming to be successful, Paul. So, yeah, listen, listen. These companies <laughs> are record profits right now. They are off the charts. So don't come at me and try to tell me that I can't talk about the fact that I don't like these games being pushed as the new norm for $70 when you are going ahead and telling me just a month prior how much record profit your company was making off of us, okay? That does not compute, okay? Yeah, and no. don't try to explain to me, well, you get more features. You know what else I'm, what I'm also getting? I'm getting more patches these days. Yeah. I'm also getting <laughs> I'm also not- <laughs> right, all right. I'm getting more patches these days. I'm getting more half half-hearted games these yep. days that they just assume we're all going to wait around to be yep. fixed right i'm also but, getting pushed on the hey i need new cosmetics i need to look pretty in my games yep. i need that dlc i need that battle pass yep. i'm getting pushed all that as well on top of it that i never used to back but we don't want to talk about that though we don't want to talk about that we don't want to well. talk about Again, that we ignore ah, all that okay. so yeah everybody out here is still doing <laughs> these spaces trying to defend 70 dollars games look you're talking, you're talking to a wall because at the end of the day, people still have the right as a consumer to say, no, this is not enough. And again, defending your company, your billion dollar, trillion dollar company over price hikes is not a good look no matter what. Again, if you're having a specific business conversation and you're talking about the business of the industry and you're you know, having that discussion or that debate on that level, that's fine. But if you go ahead and throw that in the consumer's face saying, no, I just don't want to spend $70, you're wrong. Okay. And you do yeah, need to get some yeah. help at that point because you're just wrong. You're trying to use your air of superiority yeah. to shut down any conversation over your, your plastic God. Okay. And that's yeah. not right. That's not right. So. Nah. Yeah. That, that, that shit just doesn't make sense, man. And it's like, um, and then you hear the bark back that, oh, well, you just don't like games then. Like, and you're right, stuff, Sean. We should care about the shareholders and their yachts. Who's going to pay for those yachts if we don't, right? You're right, stuff, Sean. Like a lot of times, I just I try to figure out who people are talking to. And then people, but it's like I ask myself these questions, and but people have a lot of le- yes men behind them, too. Like, oh, oh yeah, 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 man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, people love that. But people just love it, huh? Oh, we, we got quality. You got to pay for a quality. Bro, I can't say the last steel. time I played for quality. I, I, I. Uh, quality's been very lacking. Got that big brain energy, brother. Yeah, you know I mean, what I'm saying. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, whatever it takes for you to be happy. Uh, I, I guess that's all that matters. Um, again, I mean, needless to say, with that conversation, it's going to be something that's going to happen consistently. People are going to bring it up. The consumer is going to be mad about it. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't have that conversation. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, we're, we're tired of it. Go well. That's why you expand your community. It's not just the thousand people that Joe or Schmo is watching, or that has watching them. It's not. I can care less if we have thirty people watching, or we have fifteen hundred people watching. There's thirty actual people who are watching and tuning into our content, and that's and that's how I picture it. It's like I'm talking. You guys are joining. We're sitting in a living room having a conversation. And yeah, it just might be a living room now. But what if me and Paul could turn it into an auditorium? What if we start a whole collective? We start our own collective, and now we're talking to you know arenas full of people at you know talking about the seventy dollars subject and why they should care and why it matters and why you should look at other things and why we haven't got complete content and why we should have a RTS conversation, not a uh first person conversation just all in your face all the time and that's not what it's about 
It's not. But that's neither here nor there. Pong, I mean, I, I kind of take it, pulled the conversation a few different ways. Um, we could at this point. I feel like it would be a good turn, uh, good turnaround to jump into Embracer Group creating their future reign. Uh, I wanted to kind of put a pun on words there. The empire is rising, sir. Lars Wolfgars. Oh, oh God. Man. The Tower My of Sarod is getting built right now yes. right in Bruce in headquarters. I'm telling you, bro. It, it is. It's no great to see you too as well. And you're right. Games can be fixed. Yes. I was just mentioning that devs now use that, have actually turned that from, hey, we're just going to fix a few of the problems that we missed into yeah. a crutch to release games right. that should not be released and right. say, well, we could patch it out. We could patch it out. That's yeah, not that's a not, problem. That's not good. Yeah, that, that, that's where it's gone wrong is they've started using that as a ploy uh, to get their games out. So that's like, hopefully that's changing now too. That's like somebody selling you a refrigerator with an ice maker. And then them saying that, hey, you can buy this fridge right now, but there is an update coming to the ice maker, so you can't use it right now. Yeah. You have to wait till that patch comes out because if you want cubed ice, it's only going to make <laughs> long bricks of ice, and it doesn't know how to cut it up yet, so you got to wait for that. <laughs> Like, like you'd be looking at the guy yeah, like, no. what, the, what? What are you talking about? Like, hope you, hope you like. I, I hope you like warm water. We'll get you cold soon. Don't worry. It's it's in an update. <laughs> We're gonna patch it in. Like, like, like. I understand we make concessions for things, but Lord, like, come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So I want. We definitely want to talk about a little bit about Embracer. Is definitely uh, Embracer is definitely Mr. Studio Girl at this point. Um. Embracer is somebody that you want to look at, somebody that you want to pay attention to. Yeah, that's actually why I paid yeah, that. Yeah. Um, stuff Sean says Embracer Group is the gamer equivalent of that girlfriend that steals all your cool t-shirts to wear to bed. Uh, yeah, shout out to my wife who steals all my cool shirts and now they're her shirts. So, I mean, there's, there's that. Um, but no, it's, I mean, but it's exactly that. I know we've brought up Embracer Group here quite a few times uh, we have actually also mentioned that there's somebody to look out for because they do seem to be building their own kingdom of ip you know they are not lacking ip at all at this point it literally comes across as if though they're just creating a library of content to eventually kind of just rent out to people you know you go to that you got you got your you got your uh your local library you get your library card and they're going to be they're going to be the library and they're going to make all these different development houses or these different publishers come to their library and uh force them to get a library card hey you want to check out our content we need five dollars for that library card and then you're gonna have to renew that every year so they should continue to get this content in there because they are building quite an empire um we made the play about uh, Embracer building their Tower of Sauron because they got the rest of the Lord of the Rings, guys. Like, not all of it. Like, I mean, like, there's some older movies that they can't mess with or anything like that. But, like, as far as, like, new content goes, they're leading the charge. Like, people are going to have to come to them to get their Lord of the Rings content now, which is super crazy to me. Pong, like, I want you to kind of lead this a little bit because you've had a chance to talk about it a couple times. Um, 
I've talked, I've looked at it a little bit, but I, I want to hear more so your opinion. How are you mm-hmm. feeling about Embracer stepping into the light, really kind of double, triple, quadrupling down and saying, hey, we don't only want the kingdom, as I mentioned earlier. We want the full Tower of Sauron. Uh, we're going to build our own orc army and uh, I, we're going to be we're going to be ready for a war whenever we need to be. The only thing we're missing is uh, like a, a dedicated box or streaming service or whatever the case may be at this point like how are you feeling about that man uh loving it as you know steel i've been yeah, on the embracer train for a long time shout out to fahim too great fahim. great friend of the show fahim great to see you dropping here brother um i've been on this train for a long time especially after the crystal dynamics and ideos uh, montreal purchase um and they had that big interview over at gamesindustry.biz with Lars, uh, the CEO of Embracer Group. That dude is now my second favorite CEO uh, yeah. next to Phil, man. This guy he has the same again, vision we had, right? Uh, he's, he's got the same vision and him. I, I'd love to get him and Phil to sit down and talk about the future of the industry because they're so in line with each other. Sky respects for those that don't know you guys. If you guys have been here for a while, you've heard us talk about this nonstop, but Lars is a CEO. And again, I bring him up. There's a lot bigger team, obviously at Embracer, but Lars is the face. And in obviously just like Phil, his philosophy transcends the company right it, it, it filters right. down to everybody and he's got people around him who believe in the same type of, of vision so for him he respects the history of ips and i and, I, and again specifically here we're going to talk gaming stuff but obviously lord of the rings is a transmedia which he talks about all the time transmedia ip he respects the history of ips he's a fan he's a nerd at heart he started out in comic books importing and selling comic books that's how he started his business um so he was a comic book fan he was a gaming fan he was a movie fan the guy gets what it means to have nostalgia for IPs and what that can bring. And again, Embracer started out um, small. We didn't hear about Embracer Group you know, three oh, years ago, four yeah. years ago. Nobody would never know who Embracer Group was. They started out gobbling up small double A stuff that people just have forgotten about that was dead and buried a long time ago, right? And they started buying smaller studios that um, were in that space of double A's. And that's how they all got their start. Now, he's they've continued that trend with a lot of double a purchases but you've now seen him get into the triple a space with gearbox with crystal Mm -hmm. dynamics with ideos montreal and slowly but surely they've now acquired what can only be considered an empire and they position themselves in this generation to be a power player without being one of the historic publishers like an ea like a ubisoft right like all the other ones 2ks He's positioned himself and that company to be a major player with the double A space with now triple A's as well. But what he's done is he's found value in every single one of the purchases. People are out here going, they spent how much? Wait, they got Crystal Dynamics and Ideos Montreal for how much? You know, in the world right now where we're seeing Microsoft and Xbox pay $70 billion for an Activision Blizzard, right? Yeah. Here's here's Embracer Group just gobbling up all these studios that are quality studios, much like Xbox's purchase of like Obsidian and Exile, Compulsion, right? They those those at the end of this generation will be considered value purchases, like or Sony when they bought Insomniac 
for a ridiculous whatever it was 200 million 300 million dollars or whatever it is that's what embracers modeling themselves after they're going out and finding these value devs in these value ip that they believe they can turn into something more so when you see like a tripwire who is known for killing floor and and for man eater that's a double a team that has put out quality games in that space what happens if they let them grow a little bit, like Xbox has done with Obsidian in Exile, all these other teams? What happens if they let them grow and become a bigger team and maybe get into that low-end AAA space? Now what kind of quality are you going to get out of these teams? Again, proven that they, they can make it in this uh, space work. So Embracer, to me, is doing this the right way. They now have 120 studios still bro 120 studios they have they now, i just looked it up also they have over twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty employees yeah and i think it's like fourteen thousand actually yeah, or something point, like that yeah. it's, it's approaching fourteen thousand uh Man. after these recent purchases fourteen thousand they own over 850 ip or franchises still 850 now all of it again Yes, we're not talking about blockbuster. Yeah. Right. We're talking about things like time splitters who everybody outside of my generation had forgotten about. It was dead and buried. I never thought in a million years I'd ever see time splitters come back into the games industry. Here we are today in 2022. We know full well they went out, purchased time splitters IP. And on top of that, Lars went and got some of the original devs to come in to head up the project. And we're getting a time splitters four during this generation. Listen. This is why I love this company, because as somebody who, yes, I love new IP as, as much as the next person does. I love seeing new environments, new worlds to go explore, everything, new stories, new characters. I love all that, but there's still a part of me that loves the nostalgia. Real quick, though, Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because I don't mean to interrupt you, but Fahim's no, bringing go, up some go. good points in here because yeah. he, he wasn't familiar with who Lars is, um, the CEO yeah. of Embracer Group. Um, he was asking some questions about him, and Fahim now brings up another good point um, because you're kind of on the high t- high end of Embracer and, yeah. you know, bringing, bringing them up and yeah. everything. And Fahim is like, that's a lot of studios. Why does this yeah. not worry people? Because, 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 Fahim, a lot of these studios would not continue to exist if it wasn't for an Embracer group coming along, right? A lot of these studios were smaller studios that were one bad game away from it not being good. And again, you got to remember from an entrepreneurial standpoint, most, I'm not going to say all, yeah, but most of these studios are started by the founders with the eventual idea that they will be purchased by somebody bigger because this industry is one of the most high risk industries ever. And again, those studios live game to game to game, just like paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. They have to pay for all their marketing. They have to do all their marketing. They have to go connect with the right people. All that time and resources and money that is spent elsewhere outside of just creating the game. So most of these studio heads, when they found a brand new studio, they have the idea, hey, we're going to come in we're going to prove ourselves. We're going to create the game that we wanted to create or two games that we want to create or three games that we want to create. Hopefully they're going to be successful, but in the back of their heads, they're always thinking about whose eye are we going to catch? You don't think that when Jade Raymond started her new Haven studio and then partnered up with Sony that she didn't have in the back of her mind, maybe we'll get purchased. Maybe Sony will invite us in and guess what exactly happened? 
Sony brought the entire team into the fold before they even put out their first game. That's an entrepreneurial spirit. And again, that's why we see so many people, once that happens, we see a lot of founders break off eventually and go start another brand new studio, right? They fulfilled their destiny with that studio. So again, Embracer Group is doing good work out here that gives these dev teams that maybe were one bad game away from folding up shop and gives them the security, just like we've seen with Xbox. Again, is there a lot of things that could go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Embracer Group's still a business as we just got done talking about. They they have outside investors who are not a part of this industry, which is a red flag to me as always, because we're talking about Middle Eastern investors, Saudis, okay, have invested heavily into Embracer Group. Could that go bad someday? Of course. Of course it could. And again, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I've spoken out about China and about Tencent getting their hands in on everything. I don't like the outside getting involved. Unfortunately, in this industry, money's required and there's some big players out there who want to invest. But at the end of the day, Embracer Group right now is doing it the Xbox way. That's why I like Lars Wolfgar so much as CEO, because he's got the same mentality as, as Phil. He's going to buy up these companies, give them the blanket security, of knowing that they don't have to do all the marketing stuff. They don't have to spend all these resources, time, money, et cetera, manpower elsewhere. And they can simply do what they do best, which is focus on being creative and creating the games that they want. He said that multiple times. And another thing, if people need to like Lars a little bit more, and after this uh, recent announcement of all these uh, different purchases they made, somebody asked him, what do you see for the future of gaming? And he, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, he said, I'm just talking about getting back to the basics. I think everybody needs to get back to the basics. No more talk about blockchain, NFTs, et cetera. Just get back to the basics of making games. So again, this guy has that Phil mentality. Like, hey, all this nonsense that's surrounding the game industry, yeah, it's business at the end of the day, but really what matters is giving the people what they want. And Lars wants to go resurrect IP that we would never see again. Legacy of Cain, Deus Ex, Thief, Time Splitters, I already mentioned it. These games, these franchises had the potential to be buried forever. But when Embracer Group brings these dev teams underneath the umbrella, guess what happens? All of a sudden, the dev teams are given freedom to go back to these old IP. Because Lars also had a quote this week when he talked about new IP. And he said, games, games are great at, at uh, making um, – games are, games, are games are great at being profitable with IP long term. But they're not great at starting new IP per se. So that's why he's going and buying this established IP, even nostalgic IP that has maybe a small fan base that still remembers it from back in the day. It's not starting from scratch. And to him, that's important when it comes to gaming. But again, Embracer Group is a media conglomerate. Okay. They're not trying to just be gaming. Right. They are also transmedia. They bought Dark Horse Comics last year. Yep. Now they buy Lord of the Rings IP. Yep. Right. He, Lars has talked about that. He loves IP that can go everywhere. Yep. So, again, they're reducing the risk even more that comes associated with making games by having a diverse collection of IP that can be put elsewhere. So let's say they make a game. It doesn't make as much as the investor wanted. Okay. But let's say that IP is also going to have a TV show or a movie or a book deal or whatever the case may be. 
that can make up for all of that on the back end. That's what Lars is trying to do to create stability here. So again, Embrace a group for me is the pinnacle right now of what can happen when you have somebody at the head who understands that, hey, there's still a place in this gaming industry for double A's. There's still a place for this older IP to come back to life again because it already has an established fan base, even if it's small. But Embracer Group as a whole is now the one-stop shop for everybody. And again, I know, again, we talked about this. I don't care about exclusives, but exclusivity does bring with it some profitability as yeah. well for some, some businesses. So Embrace Your Group, think about this. I think that they could potentially start their own subscription service eventually. They could, okay? yeah. And they could shop it to Xbox. They could shop it to Sony. They could shop it to Nintendo even and have their own streaming subscription service with as much content as they have. Uh, let me throw out a couple numbers for you. 25 yeah. AAA games in the next four years, 25 triple a games, as much as I just talked about the double a side, they've got 25 triple a games coming in the next six years still. They've got over 200 games in development right now. They could create their own subscription service, which would be ridiculous. Of course, it all depends on pricing and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, they could do that. But let's say they don't do that. Let's say they just continue to make traditional games the way that they are. If Xbox has a hole in Game Pass, let's say they look at their roadmap and they say June next year, we've got right. this big hole. We need an action RPG. Oh, well, where are you going to go for? Where are you going to go for that? Yeah, Phil's going to pick up the phone and call Lars and be like, Lars, listen, man, need an action RPG next June. What's your pipeline looking like? You know what Lars is going to do? Be like, Lars is going to be like, yeah, Phil. Uh, listen, I got. Three, maybe four. I got probably four action RPGs coming out within that time frame. And Phil's going to be like, send them. Let's see what you got. And he's going to be able to pick what he needs for Cut a deal. Pass. Yep. Cut a deal. Cut a deal. They're going to be the one-stop shop. But again, I think that's not going to be their main business. I think Embracer Group as a whole is going to put as many games everywhere as possible. And I think that that's what you're going to see happening. Um they're still going to continue to have their PC driven side of things. You know, if the devs are PC driven side, they're going to stay PC driven, right? We saw that with the THQ Nordic uh, last showcase, right? They showed off 18 games. They got 43 total in development. So there's another 25, but there was about half of them were PC only games right now. They're going to continue to do what they do best, but Embracer group as a whole is a good thing. Lord of the Rings coming to Embracer group. And remember there's one studio that is not to be named yet due to contracts or commercial stuff, meaning that this studio probably has a game coming out very soon, maybe published by somebody else. So they're not announcing that studio yet, but we're going to hear about that in the future. But Lord of the Rings IP, I think this is one of the best landing spots for it because I think that from a gamer standpoint, we're going to get more Lord of the Rings IP than we did previously. Because think about this. They're not going to force Lord of the Rings IP down everybody's throats as far as devs go. But think about out of those 120 studios, there's got to be some people in there over the past 10, 15, 20, 25 years that have had some really great Lord of the Rings ideas, but never had the, never thought they would have the opportunity to work on a Lord of the Rings game. Now that Embracer owns it, it's open and available to all those dev studios. How many yeah. are going to pop up and say, hey, hey, by the way, we got this great idea that we've had for a very long time for Lord of the Rings. Now that we own it, our parent company, can we get that? 
because we really like to do this game. There's going to be some really cool stuff that come out of this. Let me um, um, let me drop some cl- extra clarity in there for those who yeah. don't know, because um, I don't know exactly how this ended up playing out. But yeah. um, I am going to pull this pulling this from the verge, uh, talking about this whole uh, Embracer deal and everything. Saying here's what Embracer Group can and can't do with Lord of the Rings. Since you're speaking on that now, so um, the first one of the first questions that come up are: Does Embracer Group own the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit? And they're going to say, short answer, no, long answer, no. To be clear, book publishing rights still belong to the Tolkien family, as does anything to do with the Sumerian, I'm probably saying that wrong, and Tolkien's other uh, famously published works. Previously published works, so I just say that. Uh, Warner Brothers also retains some future-length production rights as part of the license it obtained from Middle Earth Enterprises, back when it was known as Tolkien Enterprises in the late 90s. Uh, that's how we got the Peter Jackson movies and why we're getting the Lord of the Rings, the War of Rorum animated fil- film uh, featured due in 2024. As part yeah. of its license- licensing deal, uh, likely has to keep producing Lord of the Rings media lest they risk the rights to returning to its rig- original owners. Uh, the Rings of Power show also skirts around this deal with it having mm-hmm. to come to an agreement directly with the Tolkien estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does uh, Embracer own? Middle Earth Enterprises, according to its website, owns exclusive world rights, uh, world world rights to motion picture, merchandising, stage, and other rights in certain literary works of uh, Tolkien, including the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits. This means Embracer can pick from any of one of its 120 game studios and say, make an Omer's Horse Adventure game, and that'd be perfectly fine, as long as it was Book Omer and not Carl Urban Omer. <laughs> um, this is not the Embracer Group's first foray in the Tolkien universe. In 2021, the company acquired Asmodee, a French board, role-playing and card game company that had published Lord of the Ring flavored card and board games for several decades. Um, Yeah, I even talk about that. Lars loves board games, too. Yeah. He's big into board games, too. It's crazy. The guy, guy, like I said, he's a nerd at heart, man. I love him. And I also, that's why I also wanted to throw in this. Um, This is coming from GamesIndustry.biz from an interview that they actually ended up doing from Embracer. This is from uh, June 14, 2022. Uh, where he's talk, essentially taking, uh, he made some comments on the deal because they got some money from Saudi Arabia. I know that makes pe- some people feel weird, um, but he he came out and says, hey, uh, we will not change in any way after the Saudi Arabia investment of $1 billion. Uh, but uh, there was a couple of points that he brought up in here, just talking about how they do things and some of the philosophy that they have and things like that. Uh, where was it at? Uh, let's see. Um, Embracer is built on the principles of freedom, inclusion, humanity, and openness. He wrote, the transaction uh, with SDG will not change this in any way. Uh, he also asked that they have invested in Embracer because they support our current vision, strategy, and leadership, not to change it. Uh, Winchforce discussed how the growth of Embracer has nece- necessitated seeking inter- international investors and that it has already secured finance and support from various shareholders across the Middle East, Africa region, as well as Asia. Again, this is just kind of doubling down on a lot of the points that Pong was bringing up earlier uh, while we were 
kind of shining a huge light on uh, Lars and everything is because he does believe that there is a bigger picture out there. He wants people to be able to have more access to games than they've ever had before. That means whether that's the IP uh, not dying, as Pong also stated, that probably would have ended up happening. You can't, there's certain places where IP lives where they may end up dying if they don't move to somewhere else, where they have 15, almost 15,000 employees and you have 120 development studios you can ask who could make something and it could get that doesn't prevent it from being sold to somebody else but it does allow Embracer to cut deals and be more involved in the ecosystem so like Pong's example, that was a perfect example they could simply get somebody on the phone, hey we got such and such game. We heard you needed such and such game. Uh, we have several types of those games. What do you need? And then keeping the industry healthy and keeping the competition alive. Because again, when you look at this deal, and again, to touch on what Fahim was saying, why he was kind of like a little worried, why we at Pong say, hey, you know, the FTC can look at Microsoft all they want. But Microsoft having 30 to 40 studios is nothing when you look at Embracer, who has 120 studios, right? So yeah, the number of studios doesn't matter when it comes exactly. to that stuff either. Exactly. And, and people conflate that all the time because I've seen that pie chart still going around. Look, Monopoly, FTC, DOJ comes down to your control and power over the industry. Right. That's what it comes down to. Embracer Group, for even for having as much as they have, they have nowhere near the power to dictate the market of the games industry that a Microsoft, that a Sony, that a Nintendo does. Not they even influence close. it, though. Yeah, they, 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 they can influence it in certain minor ways, but right. not to the degree that a Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo did. Think about it. If they all had a conversation and said, Tomorrow, we're raising all of our prices and all of our hardware to $600, right? They could do that. They could influence yeah. the industry, right? And that would For be sure. illegal, right? That, 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 yeah. where, whereas, whereas if Bracer yeah, Bar shows up and be like, hey guys, we're going to start charging $90 per game, he probably wouldn't influence the industry to do that. Everybody would look at nah, him like he was probably, crazy. He'd probably crash and burn a little. Yeah, he'd, <laughs> right. he'd, probably, he'd be shooting himself in the foot. Like, I, right. nobody would want to cut a deal with him at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, oh. yeah, no, Steel, great breakdown as far as, as kind of giving some more background to and information on it. Embracer Group as a whole, again, yes, things could go sideways very quickly. Right. Okay. We will have to see. And I said this from the beginning, back, way back when we first started talking about Embracer, I said the real test. Uh, of Lars and his team will come when they invest a lot of money into one of those AAA games and it flops because it's going to happen. Yeah. And then we'll have to see how they handle the how studio. They adjust, yeah. Right. And cause I said that that's the biggest risk is they become an EA where if there is a flop, they just fold up the studio. Right. And they fold, you know, they, they disperse, the devs to their different uh, to another studio or to multiple studios, right? If they start folding up dev shops, that's when you have to be concerned, right? At the end of the day. Um, but that's, that'll be like, for me, that's the, the litmus test when that happens, when they have their first big failure, how do they handle it? Is it, is it cool? We understand this is a risk from the beginning. We're good. Still, you know, still have all the confidence in the world in these devs. We're going to let them continue to do what they do. No big deal and move on. Or is it a, yeah, nope, nope. Investors are calling. We need to need to close this down. We just can't do this. Um, that's what we'll see. 
Um, but I think outside of that right now, with the way the industry is going, this is a great spot for a lot of devs to be in, to be underneath the Embracer umbrella. And I think there's nothing but good things coming. I think they're going to grow a lot of these teams and we're going to see some of the best work out of these teams that we ever have. And that's what excites me. So I can't wait. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, from there, I mean, where where you want to take the conversation, man? What you feeling? Uh, where what do you think would be interesting to talk to next? As I say, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet, hit that like button. If you also haven't, share us out and uh, run into your next room and tell your mom about us, tell your kids about us. Let them know the living split screen is live. We talking about everything that's going on with the industry, and uh, we just got done talking about Embracer's reign into this industry currently and then constantly swooping some things up but paul man where do you think we should lead the people to next man let's, let's um let's get into sony's pc launcher and Ooh. death stranding let's Ooh. do that brother let's do that ah. let's get down to business the big news of the week for some people okay uh, yeah, break it down from what's going on what's going on with this whole uh death stranding and death this stranding. uh P yeah, yeah, yeah. pc playstation things that are going on <laughs> because this this wasn't supposed to be happening this was a fluke pong this well, is something that people said it was never going to happen sony will always have their own ecosystem they don't have to do these things hmm okay well let's start What's with the pc on? launcher then steel and again you, i'm gonna i'm gonna lean on you here because you're the pc yeah. guy i'm not i know the basics obviously being around enough of you that do uh play on pc and playing on pc back in the day i have a general knowledge of this but it came out um through some code sourcing uh that some people did some digging and they found um they found some uh pretty big gold nuggets especially within the spider-man pc release that uh that Sony is uh, getting ready, and then yeah. obviously we we got official word from Sony as well. But that that that's how it started. That there was some you know PC launcher code uh, within Spider Man that it was showing up that uh, this could be happening. That uh, Sony was going to have their own storefront at this point for PC, and then of course uh, Sony did make the announcement and put out that they were uh, officially going to have a PC launcher and a storefront. And this all makes sense to me, Steel. Like, this is a natural evolution for Sony, right? I mean, right. It, what else did you expect to happen? Again, I know there's the clown show out here just, you know, puts on blinders all day, every day, and plugs their ears and doesn't want to see where Sony's going. But obviously, Sony loses a cut of every one of their first-party titles that goes to PC on Steam or Epic or whatever the case may be. They don't get to keep all the money, right? Nope. They have to, they, 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 they take a hit. So, of course, Sony being Sony and being obviously a business and having Jim Ryan, the ultimate businessman running it with the numbers, they want to have their own spot right. to offer their games and take the full amount of money back. Right. That's just profit. It's pure profit at that point for them once they have their own storefront. And it also makes sense that they've been looking over at Xbox's side of things, Steel. Right. And they understand that having continuity between all of your services is a, is a priority nowadays. That if you're going to do this right, you've got to be able to have your community, your consumers, your customers feel like they can log in and, and be in the PlayStation ecosystem from anywhere yeah. and that's what they're working towards right and that's how they're going to entice people to their storefront over a steam over an epic because we know 
Yeah, look, Microsoft has had their own storefront for how long? And it still ain't right. It still ain't good. Uh, I mean, they've, they've been working on Game Pass for PC for how many years now? And they still have issues over on that side of things. Listen, this isn't easy, Steel. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be like Sony snaps their fingers and jumps in and they're competing with Steam and everybody's just going to flock to Sony's store. That is, Look, PC gamers, this is a whole new realm for Sony, okay? they. I, this is not like console owners okay pc gamers are even more set in their ways steam has been dominant for so long and has, has set the standard for so long yeah for the most that, part for the most part that anybody look at epic has to give away free games all the time just to get people to come to their store right so yeah. for a lot for a lot yeah. um so sony's not gonna sony's not gonna jump in with a pc launcher storefront and all of a sudden say hey i'm not we're gonna keep everything exclusive to our storefront they're not gonna do that they're still gonna put their games on steam epic and everywhere they can but at the end of the day they're going to entice people they could but it would be a bad bad move i think on their part Uh, they're going to entice people by having you log into your psn login having it connected to the playstation network getting trophies attached to the pc games because there's a lot of people out there obviously same with achievements that that's what they double dip for and then a big thing steel is they're going to have to introduce cross buy which they've been missing right so if you buy a game on pc that you get that game for your console as well. And that's something that Xbox has set the standard with. Sony's going to have to do that. So they're going to have to do something to entice customers to use this launcher. But I think this is the right move for them at the end of the day. They have to. They have to start getting these things that we just take as the norm because so many other people have done it right. They're going to have to have their own version of that now that Jim Ryan is stating, hey, consoles aren't good enough for us. We're, we got to go more. We got to go bigger. Two billion, three billion people who want a piece of that pie. You're going to really have to put in the work and effort to get it done. So the PC launcher is the next evolution for me. Steel, go ahead. You take over because you're the PC guy. What do you think about this? Um, For me personally, as I um, unbox my Iron Man hat, um, <laughs> I just, Wait, you just got a new Iron Man hat live? Yeah, it's got a live. No, because um, I got this Iron Man side. It's a quick side tangent. Um, I got this Iron Man statue that I have to build. I have to put it together, um, piece by piece. I get like a monthly shipment of it in or whatever from Fan Home. So shout out to them. But um, I'm building this big ass Iron Man. So on a month to month basis, they they just send me stuff, man. So they'll send me a shirt. The last shirt that they sent me was piss poor. So um, there's that. I need to write a message about that. Um, but yeah, so I get like comics and other little stuff, and oh, wow. sent me a hat. Nice, so that's pretty dope. nice, nice. Uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna rock this. Um, but anyway, um, as far as uh, just to get me back on track, Paul, lead, lead me back to victory real quick. Yeah, PC launcher on Sony. I think it's the next evolution, obviously, but they're gonna have to entice people to come over to it. So they're gonna have to get integration. Cross buy is gonna become a must. Right now, it's not available right. on PlayStation. Right. So that kind of stuff. But from your standpoint, since you do game on PC, it's right. obviously you Steam. You've used Epic. Yeah, you're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. GOG, you know, right. GOG. Whatever. You've done it all. What does Sony have to do here, Steel, to really make this work? Or what do they have to focus on out the gate from your standpoint? Uh, to make this actually viable for them to enter this space that is dominated by a few players. Not what, make what PC think? game $70. That's for sure. I agree with stuff, Sean, on that. Um, yeah. I mean, again, the PC market is definitely, uh, could definitely be really fickle. Um, again, you want to see a fan base that's uh, <laughs> really all over the place. Uh, PC is definitely going to be one of the branching points for that, for sure. 
Um, for me, do I think it's like th- them making a PC launcher? I mean, of course, it only makes sense. And no, is this not have to necessarily compete with anything else? Uh, PlayStation does have the ability to say that, hey, oh, you got to come to our launcher um, to play our games. Uh, that would be very Sony-like of them. Uh, now, are they bold enough to do that in a space that they haven't necessarily proven themselves in as far as, yeah, you got the games and everything, but can you create a good launcher? And like you use Xbox as a good reference point um, as far as the Microsoft store goes, especially with Sony being behind a bit on, well, I say a bit, but quite a bit of, as far as like the service side things that could be extremely difficult for them. So yeah, I would have to agree that, yeah, they would have to keep things on steam. They'd have to keep things on the Epic store. They have to keep things uh, on a wide gamut of, uh, on a wide gamut of different things just so people can have access. Um, and also just to appeal to their audience, but just like, just like Xbox, for me, if I can play, because right now my main market front that I'm in is the Xbox um, and Microsoft Store and then Steam. I do have quite a Steam library and everything, and I enjoy my Steam library. I enjoy Steam because it works effortlessly. Um, it's not about it's not about the how my profile or anything like that. It's just the fact that I have a library of games there. I can click on a game, it boots it up, and I'm good to go. Um, it keeps everything, it keeps track of everything. I'm not a huge dude about achievements and trophies and um, points and all that kind of, I play games as I get them, how on the difficulty that I want to play them on. I'm not about to look at my achievement list and see what I need to do to complete certain things. Like I can care less about that, but what makes Steam so great on PC is that they, Steam was very quick to jump on what they saw work from Xbox, for an example right where they instantly implemented a a thing that could keep track of your achievements within a game which automatically keeps people's attention and makes you feel like you've invested into something that you don't want to pull away from because there's something keeping track of it right you don't have to go to an external website like uh xboxtracker.com or um whatever to see how much playtime you've had you can go to one place pull up one app and it has all that information there as you can do with xbox as you can do with playstation and not as it's not as great as it is with xbox and things like that it's not as community focused as it is with xbox and steam but um as they continue as they get that built out I don't see why I don't see why they wouldn't want to do their own launcher. And I don't think it's necessarily a negative. Um, but I also don't think that they I don't think I don't think that they necessarily need it. I almost kind of feel like it's a it's almost a waste of resources at this point. Um outside of unless you're planning on unless you're planning on doing things very differently from uh, going into the next like 10 years. I mean, if, if you're, if the PlayStation console is going to start getting outmoded, is going to start coming, going out the way to the dodo, going to start becoming extinct. then I can understand why you want to put more of a focus on your PC launcher, or if you pick up very quickly on the server side of things, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like y'all saw in the PlayStation 4 generation, where the what they did with avatars was 
leagues beyond anything Xbox had to offer at that time. They made it feel more alive, right, Pong? I mean, the like you had whole economies and you had like a, a full rendered avatar, a little like a person actually. It wasn't just some bobblehead Wii character. Uh, you had a house and people could come chill and it seemed like its own thing, right? Kind of like what you get out of your 2Ks or your Madison, you get in those story modes. They got you skating around, you got a house. Like they had, PlayStation had something like that, but they never took it that next step and kind of like iterated on it right am i or am i like talking out of line on that because i felt like at least to my understanding what i knew of it and again this is somebody who's ignorant of that ecosystem uh because i wasn't like readily involved outside of just playing a few games here and there um but i thought there was a lot of people who were really invested in that community side of it we're spending was. time in it. People are moving mm -hmm. around. People got beat up through it. Uh, yep. And I feel like it just went away. Yeah, it did. So it's much like, like the, much like the Xbox avatars. Yeah, right? they, they, yeah. they went away, too. Um, and they're still there. But they again, they don't PlayStation put home. An emphasis That's what it was. I yeah, you. PlayStation home. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation home. Uh, but no, a lot of people spent a lot of time in PlayStation home. Uh, there were some cool aspects to it. I've seen people ask for it to come back. I mean, I, it, it's still around like in people's heads. Um, they had an opportunity, but again, does those virtual spaces make you any money at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Or is it just, again, it's great for the community and sometimes you have to invest in that community stuff. Right. But as we've seen, even from Xbox side, as, as community-based as they are, look, they've all, but, they've all but abandoned achievements. Like achievements should have been updated long, long ago. And we've heard Jez and Rand talk about this on the Xbox too. Shout out to one of the best podcasts out there with those two. But they've talked about this multiple times that there was plans, that they had those achievements as a priority. But every time something else comes up, that achievements just get bumped down the list, right? And right. we've seen avatars become less and less important. Back in the day, I still think the avatar thing is cool. I still think it has potential. I liked getting, as playing a game and getting a free t-shirt for my avatar. Like I used to do that. I used to play dress up with my avatar, right? So I still think there's potential there. But what I'm saying is community focused, uh, community focused activities like that, as far as big business go, are very easily moved down the list of priorities because of the resources, because of the time involved, because it's not going to bring you a whole lot of revenue. Unfortunately, again, at the end of the day, this is still a business. So those things just kind of disappear and go by the wayside still, right. and they just move on. So. Yeah, I mean, that could be very well possible, but there's also another avenue that if they would have doubled down on it, possibly that in this day and era of loot boxes and microtransactions, <laughs> That it could have, they could have had the next magic, right? And there could be something sure. said about the AA that gave up on it and didn't see the vision in it. Um, and, so it's and, like and I could see, I could see them bringing it back, steel for VR. Yeah, like having that VR sure. metaverse kind of that could be something that they sell on, and having mini games in there that yeah. you can sit down and play with your friends in VR. That's the kind of stuff I could see in the future them going back to like that and having this whole space where you get show up with your avatar and you can get dressed up in Sony gear, whatever the case may be. And you got all those little microtransactions and like, you know, let's say you guys, you know, buy a card game or whatever, you play, you know, spades or, right, you know, or whatever the case may be. And you sit down and virtual reality with VR2, you know, with a VR2 headset. So um, I definitely think that's something they could revisit down the road for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, a different way. that could definitely yeah. be a selling point for them uh, down the road. But when stuff like that happens, it's kind of, and with especially a lot going on on the PC side of things. Uh, I just want, again, 
we got an example. I think Spider-Man is Nixus's actual first game um, that they have ported to PC um, from start to finish. If I'm not mistaken, I know they have, they've had hands in others, um, but I think this is the first one that they've done from start to finish. And this is actually the first one that I've actually real personally realized. You, know, you want to kind of compare Blue Point, kind of compare their own studios, Blue Point to Nixus, um, where I'm not, I didn't see many issues from this. So it's like, well, I was going to bring up the point that may, uh, you know, I want them to start about Sony. You're talking about Sony games, right? The yeah, first, the Sony first game, party Sony. title. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Sony cause games. they built their whole career. I do it. No, no, not, not, okay. not, right. they're not porting games, <laughs> but Sony games wise. Yeah. yeah. Just talking about their service side of things what i was going to bring up is that you know i want playstation to make sure that they can port their games properly before they worry about anything else and with spider-man especially with nixus i think this is where they're going to nixus is really going to come into clutch at because if they can port games as well as they have with spider-man their whole marketing strategy is going to change very rapidly because at this point there's no reason why you shouldn't like at all and i don't know uh again like somebody brought i think it was fahim that fahim that brought no um life supremacy brought it up he said maybe sony investment is for epic to help with a playstation pc launcher that could be very well the case i mean sony could double up and sell their games directly through the epic launcher it does make sense for sony to have their own pc launcher or whatever or at least to have something to where you could go pick up more P, uh, PlayStation games and be a really central market and only have their games there. I personally think it's kind of pointless at this point. And same thing with Xbox until Xbox kind of proves more on their side of things. Uh, Kay Asante has brought this up too, but I, I brought it up here on the show to where I shouldn't have to go through the Xbox app and then to go to the Ubisoft app to then <laughs> download a game to, and every time that I want to play that game, because Kay Asante brought up the point um, that I didn't bring up for whichever reason, that me playing Ghost Recon Wildlands through the Xbox Game Pass uh, PC launcher, because I have to play it through Ubisoft, I'm not getting the achievements for that. So if I was somebody who cared about achievements and really took that to heart, I'd be like, damn, man, we're like, where's the connection? It's pointless. This is pointless for me to play the game because I'm only getting it through my Ubisoft store. So it kind of is like, why do I need the Ubisoft store? Why don't, you, why don't we kind of centralize these things down? Keep it, if we're going to do it, Steam, uh, Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation then at that point. Get rid of Epic. Like, <laughs> Epic is already tied into Xbox. Epic is already trying to tie the PlayStation's investing in more into Epic. Like, the Epic store isn't the greatest. Like, invest in your own stores and just give us those. And everything else can go the way of the Dodo. Like, I don't need anything else. <laughs> like, give me good storefronts. And that's why Steam is always going to be the one to go back to because it's the one that gives you the least amount of problems. So it's like, do I need, do I think that they need it? No. Um, I think there's a better way to do everything. But again, if anything, I do def definitely think it be um, more so falls along the lines that, of course, Sony is going to quadruple down on bringing their games to PC. And you would be a wild person to think that it's not coming sooner than later. And I'm going to tell you a lot sooner than later. Like, I would anticipate Ragnarok's PC release date to come out very quickly behind the release of Ragnarok. Because, yeah. again, money. 
Why not? Money in the it's hand. The second version of the you, gotta, game. You, you have to. You have to capitalize on the hype surrounding new game releases. That's a big part of it. The FOMO factor. Yes, you you can still get a lot of back end stuff even years down the road. We've seen that with other games as well, coming directly from Sony, like Horizon Forbidden West and stuff, uh, or excuse me, Zero Dawn. Um, you know, it can still sell very well, but there's nothing like having that initial launch period. And I think that you're right on, Steel. I think that as Nixus gets more comfortable, as they get caught up on things, that they will start cutting down the time frame and eventually get to the point where it launches on PC day and date. I, I just think it makes too much sense from a money standpoint. It's recovering. Again, as you pointed out many times in the show, Steel. It's great to say that a game has sold 20 million. Yeah. But if it takes five years to get there at the end of the day, when you could have sold 12, 15 out of the first six in the first year, in the first (laughs) year, because you put it on day and date on PC. Listen, what's worth more? That money in the hand is worth a whole lot more than waiting on it. Especially up front. Yeah. Yeah. Especially up front. And I think Sony understands that. Jim definitely understands that. So that's why I agree with you. I think it's coming sooner than later as well. And the PC launcher is a big part of that. As soon as this is ready to rock and roll and they know they can drop their games and have a place where people can buy them, where they take 100% of the money. I think that'll make them much more comfortable with doing that. And I think that's why they're pushing this out right now. And it's going to be here. So uh, you are absolutely correct about that. And then on that, let's jump, let's piggyback off of that steal to continue with the PC talk here okay. with Death Stranding, bro. Yeah. And this feeds right into what we were just talking about with Sony. Right. Because Death Stranding represents a time before they had a Nixus yes, and why they went out and bought a Nixus yes. because they want to control their first party titles. Um, so of course we had this week, PC game pass did a little teaser. They thought they're going to be sly. And like I, I said, on PM to PM, look, if you think that you're going to throw out a hint to gamers and to this community and you say, Ooh, that's pretty good. It's probably going to take them a while to figure this one out. You should probably scrap it. And, try to get something more difficult because it don't take people long. It literally took minutes for somebody to get the hint. So PC game pass for anybody who doesn't know the story this week, they changed, they updated their avatar picture um, to show a, an environment, a nice green environment with an overcast sky and a rock. And they thought they were being really slick. I knew what it was. Yeah. (laughs) It literally took minutes before somebody had found the exact scene in the game, the exact spot, the exact rock and post a side-by-side picture. And then of course, Tom Warren and others jumped on right away. Cloverill all put out uh, what they thought it was. And of course it was death stranding coming to Xbox PC game pass of all things steel and why this all ties in is because for people who were scratching their heads, yes, yes. Death stranding is an IP that is owned wholly by Sony. And of course that would never show up on Xbox in any form as of right now, if they had control, but they don't, why don't they have control? Because death stranding PC version was published by 505 games. So obviously the assumption is, and I will say that we don't know the details behind the scenes. We don't know the contracts. We don't know any of this stuff. In fact, 
shout out to Lord Sovereign, who I was on with last night um, hey. over on the Doomslayer Den. And shout out to all I, I, ILP, obviously, Cog, oh, yeah. uh, King, right. Sov, and Attic. Uh, all love and respect. But Sov, Sov actually thinks that this was a Sony decision, that Sony did have to okay this. And he thinks that this is just a part of business that, hey, we're going to put this game much like we saw the success of MLB going over to Game Pass, right. that we were going to, you know, not put it on the consoles, but they would be willing to put it on PC Game Pass. I disagreed. I pushed back against him. I said, no way. Sony, Sony is not ready to start embracing the third-party publisher. Okay, they're not. I, from my standpoint, my opinion is there's no way they okayed this. Did they know about it? Of course, it's their yeah. IP. But I think that the contracts, because 505 published it with Kojima, I think that 505 and Kojima, and maybe even Kojima himself, had the final say in this. And I think that this all came about because of the Kojima partnership with Xbox. I think this might have been included in those talks to bring Death Stranding to Xbox PC Game Pass. Um, and so I think that's how this went about. But again, I respect all opinions. Maybe yeah, yeah, Sony yeah. maybe Sony said, what's the difference at this point? Let's put it over there. It's not going to console. It's still a console exclusive. PC, who cares? Maybe that happened. I still think it's the other thing, but the fact is, is that 505 published the PC side of things. This was before Sony had a PC uh, developer like Nixus to be able to port their first party games over. That's why they went out and got Nixus because they knew this was coming. They knew that Spider-Man, God of War, Ragnarok, they were going to want to put these games on PC. They needed their own company so that they were in control of the destiny. Yep. And hey, there, there we are now, but Death Stranding. PC Game Pass deal. Again, I'm not in the camp that says, oh, it's out of, it's coming to console. Event. It's not coming to console. Okay. They're, they're going to hold on to this. It, but PC Game Pass, nonetheless, gets it. Day one steal. This game is older now. Um, it has its detractors. It's not the director's cut. Anybody wondering about that? This is just going to be the original version, not the director's cut. That's not available on PC Game Pass. What are your feelings on this deal as a PC gamer? As you know, again, whether you're a fan of Kojima, whether you care about Death Stranding or not, kind of, kind of interesting that after all this time, Kojima's game shows up over here on PC Game Pass. What do you think? I, I mean, it I think it ties in with Kojima working with Xbox currently right now, man. This could have been part of it. I'm pretty sure they had conversation, and that could have been part of the original uh, meeting that they had. Hey, Kojima, what do you think? You know, we got this whole PC thing going on. I know you want to talk about cloud, and yeah, we could definitely work on that, but right now, um, what's the, what's that deal like that you got with 505? Oh, we know that shit, we can't bring it to, you know, to the Xbox, you got a certain deal with sony and everything else like that or maybe you are who knows I, I don't again i agree with you i don't think it's going to come to the console necessarily either um although there are some things to say that hey it come to pc game pass why wouldn't it come to xbox game pass i mean it's all built on the same thing playstation and xbox are pretty much the same kind of hardware so there's nothing to prevent it from that it's all, all it's all deals behind the scenes it's not nothing to do with the the power of the game nothing like that it's all deals so um real quick fuzzy says i guess the key question can you buy it in the microsoft store um that is going to be interesting question right now with the way that pc game pass works no that's not the way that games work um you have to get it through the xbox launcher uh through the pc launcher the xbox game pass pc launcher and um it only works that way 
right? Um, at least to my experience. And now I, I don't open the Microsoft store to boot the game or whatever else the case might be. I know it all kind of ties into each other. Um, but it is going to be very interesting. Typically, games that are on Game Pass, you are able to buy. So that could be very well possible. But if, that doesn't mean that it has to come to Xbox, though, with them doing that. Uh, this is a very... This is a very funny deal because it still has the, it's going to have the Xbox name behind it still. I mean, it's, yeah, you can say PC Game Pass, but that's still PC Game Pass exists because of Xbox. So either way, you're still getting that marketing across. And when PC gamers start going across and they're talking to other people and they got their Xbox app open, it doesn't say PC Game Pass, it says Xbox. When you open that up, if I open my X, my, my PC game pass launcher, it is called Xbox. It is called the Xbox app. I open my Xbox app to play my PC games. Do the Xbox game pass <laughs> PC launcher. You know, it's, it's, it's all ties hand in hand with each other. So I think it's really mainly all marketing at this point and a, a way for Microsoft to kind of pull away some of that mind share because that's stranding whether you like it or not. It's not a game for me. It's not a game that I'm going to try out just because it's coming to PC Game Pass. I don't care about the game enough. I don't care. I don't want to download it. I'm not one of those people. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll give it a give it a run. No, I don't. I don't. I I don't have that type of time just to give it a run. No, I don't. I don't. And I'm not going to spend an hour within the game because of how I play games. I get invested. I now want to play it, and then. And it's not my type of thing. So, but it is obviously going to reach an audience of people that didn't have access to it before, which is the entire point and doesn't do anything but kind of all those cries for wolf that Sony was making before. Okay, if you're crying wolf about what we're doing, then why, why are you, why do you have so loose control of the ball? You're supposed to be the top of the line all-star in the NBA, right? Why do you have no ball handling skills all of a sudden? Are you are you like the Monstars? You got the you got your power sucked out of you all of a sudden? Why are we just doing whatever with your IPs now? Again, it kind of ties into what that 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 big that big dog talk that Microsoft is kind of giving out to you now because it's like now not only are we throwing around the money and I know people say that oh Microsoft can only do these things because of money and it's like yo are y'all forgetting that Microsoft still is the the little dog as far as this whole conversation goes though they don't have that recognition they have to make these moves to become any relevance so it's like. When I see moves like this happen, it's like Microsoft again stepping up to that mound and saying, hey, we're just going to hit another home run because we can. Bring it. We brought MLB to, we bought MLB to show, the show to, to Game Pass. And that wasn't supposed to ever come. Sure, Death Stranding might not come to the box, but we can bring the PC. Mm-hmm. Still bring, it's still part of our Xbox ecosystem, though, right? I know you guys don't like to consider it the same. Oh, it's a, the consoles are separate from what's going on. No, there's a reason why they rebranded it. There's a reason why they're doing things the way that they're doing. It's all tied into Xbox, and it's all tied of keeping getting people more invested in that ecosystem. Mind share, back in the head type conversation, like it's back here at this point. Yeah, it's something small. It may not be. 
if you put some if you put the idea in somebody's mind that hey oh i have to open an xbox app on my pc to play these games they'll talk to their friends about it yeah i play it through xbox 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 has death stranding well no not xbox specifically but you know if you got a pc you could play it here and there there is spider-man that, that's also there and but not on pc game pass specifically but you have you have a pc so you can play spider-man Man, wow 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 all these sony ips they're all available on pc too yeah man sure I mean, you know maybe you can even play it through the cloud through pc game pass man wouldn't that be interesting oh well guess what it's an X Cloud app. Again, just re- re- solidifying the marketing of it all. Could this be the turnaround for Xbox and their, and their whole marketing strategy when now they become the ones that are really churning the money? They're churning the butter, right? That's that old school. It's like uh, you, got, you got those Amish folks that are in a completely different area of the city from you, and they're just, they just they don't buy their butter from the store. They're churning it out in their backyards every day. And Churning. That's Microsoft. Just churning. They're constantly churning. Oh, man. We'll we just get have there an and, and Microsoft reference yeah, to the same. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft and the Amish people in this situation. They're just churning the butter, man. They're just they're churning it. They're like, yeah, you know. We could probably safely say that's never happened. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> ne- it's never happened before. It's, leave it up to steal. But ne- neither way, it could be anybody churning the butter. If if anybody has ever churned butter, I, I have. I know that may be old, a little bit older for some people, but they're just the point of that. They're taking their time. And now seemingly walking into a scenario to where uh, there are so many plays being made where Sony is involved in the conversation that is also leading right back to Microsoft or Xbox. And I think the conversation around that tells a bigger story than a lot of people may be ready for. So with Death Stranding coming to, coming to PC, uh, well, the PC Game Pass, it's another way for Xbox to get good marketing. It's another, also another a feather in the cap to tell people that hey this whole game's coming to pc thing it's not it's not far off and i know people are getting up in arms and, oh i tried to save the games from coming to pc what's the point of getting a playstation anymore if they're all just going to be everywhere and it's like again if games coming if more people playing games or your favorite game months later years later same day gives you a reason to devalue your console maybe you should look at gaming differently maybe you should look at what you value differently because again it should only realistically i know that we used to look at games for first parties games are here but that's because of how the business was spoke to you now why can't you just be happy with your ecosystem why can't you just continue to continuously build off your ecosystem? Who's giving you value? Who's giving you more ways to play? And how are they going to continuously show you that they value you as a consumer within that ecosystem? And Xbox, Microsoft are seemingly doing that inadvertently, even with something like PC Game Pass, with even if Death Stranding never comes at a console, because it doesn't mm-hmm. have to. It's a mindshare thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Sony didn't. Sony didn't just become number seven in brand loyalty just because they were only selling PlayStations. 
Oh, they sold they sold walk Walkmans and they sell um radios and they sell cassettes and they sell like they they did so many other things to get to where they are right now. People forget how big they were. Like people forget how <laughs> dominant Sony was in the electronics industry like, bro, for bro. If you didn't own Sony at one point, it was like, what are you doing? Like yeah, like, yeah. like everything. Like why like do you everything. have an LG? Why do you have a Panasonic? Why do you have Philips? Like Philips. Oops. Yeah, why no, you Sony, Sony was it, man, for so many things. Again, that's why the, the drop off the cliff that they had in the electronics when they decided to start getting cheap with their products is what is shocking to me because I grew up when I got my first disc man. Right. My yeah. first, I had one of the original disc men before there was skip protection or anything. Right. Like if you moved it an inch, it was portable. But if you moved it an inch, man, that CD was skipping. I had that first disc man. Right. Sony was just on top of their game. Yeah. Right. It, it's crazy to see the drop off at this point outside of their camera division. Camera division is still dominating, which is awesome. But um, yeah, electronics wise. Yeah. But you're right, Steel. They have built up this brand loyalty a lot. I just think overall. Death Stranding coming to Xbox. I'm sorry. Did you finish your point? No, no, like, you're good. I, no, I, no. I, no, yeah. go over. I was like, wait, did Steel finish what he yeah. said? I mean, uh, yeah. I jumped in there. Uh, but I think for the this Death Stranding deal with, I think it makes most sense for Kojima and Xbox because yes, we've had Kojima games on Xbox. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, you guys have never had Kojima. Yes, we have. We had the Phantom Pain. We had Zone of Enders. We, had, we like have that. had Kojima games. So, but, but let's be real. Kojima is associated still to this day with Sony because, yeah. you know, he had put out so many Metal Gear games over there that um, that just happens naturally. So now that he's got a partnership with Xbox and now that he's going to be, have a brand new IP that's going to be cloud-based, it makes sense to start getting the idea of Kojima on Xbox back into the mindshare again. And yeah. I think that for the, and it's not just us here because we know everything that's going on because we pay attention. It's more for the casual consumers as well. The PC gamers out there who maybe stayed away from death stranding because of all the negative talk around it. Now that it's in PC game pass again, no risk. People are going to download it and there's going to be a portion of those people, whether it's 5%, whether it's 10%, whether it's 25% of those people that download Death Stranding that fall in love with it, that actually say, God, I wish I wouldn't have listened to all those people. But their first experience with that game is going to be through Xbox, like you said. We can talk about it being separate because it's PC. Like you said, Steel, you're still logging into Xbox to access PC Game Pass. So that ecosystem then gets a boost from that as people recognize, hey, I got Death Stranding through Xbox. So when Kojima's new game starts getting pushed through the cloud and all that kind of stuff, and it's going to be this brand new experience that nobody's ever had before, we know how Kojima's going to advertise this. Right? This thing's going to be the craziest thing in the world. People are already going to have that association again with Kojima being on Xbox. It's not going to be that big a thing. So people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I played Death Stranding. Man, what's this game? This is going to be really cool. So I think it makes a lot, a lot of sense uh, from his standpoint to do this and to have this happen overall. And at the end of the day, I'll throw this out there as my as my own um crystal ball you know just speculation town as we like to get into steel you kind of you kind of hinted at it the ultimate chess move and i put this in our dms when this all happened this week too the ultimate chess move is and we heard that um, keyboard and mouse support is coming yeah mm -hmm. um listen i don't know when <laughs> i don't know how close we are but the ultimate checkmate move here is 
when Phil comes out and JR, you know, Jason Ronald comes out and they announce that we can now stream PC Game Pass through our consoles. <laughs> that's the ultimate chess move. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, Death Stranding is available on console. And all the other games out there that are on PC Game Pass that we haven't had access to on console are available. And I think that that's the ultimate move because we know, we know for a fact, Steel, that Microsoft and Xbox, their philosophy, their priority in all of this is that you get to play your games no matter where you bought them, anywhere that you are. And, and I think that they're slowly but surely merging all of these storefronts, these ecosystems. They're trying to get it to a point where no matter where you're logging in, phone, console, TV, PC, you have access to your full library right there. And I think that that's the ultimate goal for Xbox. So that's going to be the checkmate move for me is when that happens. And I think we're getting closer. So um, it's going to be a fun ride. Again, I said, you know, we've been talking about since the generation started steel by the end of this generation, the landscape is going to be totally different than how we started. Totally different. We may not even recognize the landscape by when it's all said and done uh, five, six, seven years from now, what this is all going to amount to. But you can see these little moves, Steel, these little moves. Microsoft is actively hunting loopholes. They're actively looking to place a crowbar in these closed off systems, these closed off doors, wherever they can. And it's little things like this that you just go, hmm, yep, yep. Absolutely. That was planned. That that was something they knew they could get done. And so they went for it. And I think that that's what's going to change the way that we think about gaming, the way that we access gaming, the way that we all enjoy our content slowly but surely. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be a total different landscape at the end of this generation, but I think it may not be recognizable from where we started at uh, coming off the PS4 and uh, Xbox one generation. It's, it's going to be different, man. So this stuff is exciting to me. I love to see this happen. Uh, and I'm happy for all the PC gamers out there who again, may have just held off because there was so much negativity around Death Stranding, you know, walking simulator, UPS delivery simulator, pizza guy <laughs> delivery simulator, you know, all that nonsense that was out there. At the end of the day, I have not touched Death Stranding yet, but I will tell you this, and I've said it many, many times, every time I watch a video of Death Stranding, it is one of the most gorgeous looking games I have ever seen out there. It really, really is. The environments, the character models, bro, that's what Kojima does. It's incredible. That's why I'm excited for his cloud game coming to uh, Xbox, no matter what it is, because I know he's going to push the limits of what the tech can do um, and give us something different. And Death Stranding, was an experiment by Kojima. People forget that. Kojima wasn't looking to make some mass hit type game. Of course, he would love to see 100 million people playing his game. Of course he would. But at the end of the day, Kojima experiments with his games. And this was about connecting people together, right? That was what this whole game was about. The connectivity of people, having a social aspect to a game, whether you were all online together or not, coming back to your game and having somebody having built a, a bridge or yeah. building a zip line somewhere that was inaccessible to you before, now all of a sudden was opened up because somebody else took the time in their game to do that in this shared world experience, which again, MMOs do that a lot, but Kojima was trying it on a different level. So again, what he's going to bring to this cloud game, whatever his idea was, because this is his baby, 
This is something he's talked about for years and years. Again, you can go back to 2018. There's an article interview with him where he talks about this idea that he's had in his head for this cloud gaming shared experience that can't be had anywhere else because yeah. the cloud technology gives him the ability to do so. Whatever this turns out to be, even if it's another experiment that doesn't have mass appeal, I know it's going to be interesting at the end of the day. That's why I'm excited for Kojima. Yeah, and that's why I don't necessarily mind it. I think it's all going to work out in the end uh, as it should. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see how things are going to continue to progress forward, um, especially with PlayStation seemingly changing things, changing their strategies um, for what we can tell. Um, it's going to be really interesting going into the fall, what else they get lined up, because honestly, there's not much else releasing on that side of things. Um, other outside of second and third party, uh, of course, you can say that about Xbox, you can say that about Nintendo. Um, but um, PlayStation at least has God of War still releasing this year, uh, so that that is going to be a heavy hitter. Um, a lot of people are going to be super into that, and I can't wait to get some more information. Who knows? Uh, Gamescom is definitely going to be an exciting time. I do have to also agree with that. Fun speculation. Um, I want to see what uh, additional information we get. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's touch on something small really quickly. Uh, again, year delays. I, I know <laughs> we got some DMs <laughs> about this and everything. Um, you know, yeah. some people are saying that 2022 is going to go down as the worst year ever um, as far as gaming. It's because of delays and everything else. And it's like, no, man. It's like, I can't agree with that. And I can understand like some of the doom and gloom because there was a lot of potential for this year. Uh, but let's be honest with each other. We said last year that 2022 was going to end up being dead as far as like a lot of games were going to uh, that we had heard of. And then as we got into the year, uh, we've gotten a bunch of different releases. There were some things that we were hyped for, like Starfield, um, that getting pushed out was definitely a heavy hitter. Um, that was something that I, I did have some excitement for and I still do have some excitement for. Um, and I want to see uh, what more they have to offer as far as a game goes. So, I mean, but so that was a hit. Uh, but with, there are, there has been a lot of different games that have come out this year that have hit hard, that are second and third party or just indie games and um, have really made their mark. And I don't, I just can't run with the statement that oh, I just, I feel like it was dead or it's depressing or no, it's just, if you're a first party kind of guy or girl or whatever the case, then yeah, maybe there wasn't a lot for you there. But for me, there's definitely been games to play across the board, no matter how you looked at, no matter how, what the budget was on those games. There's been plenty to play. Uh, jump, jump in, check it out. Uh, check out some of these sales that have been going on this year, man. They have been cuckoo crazy um, as far as like the type of deals that have been getting, getting thrown out there. Um, and then also the type of games that have been coming out, especially if we move further into the fall, I think it's going to be good. Um, yeah, there's always been something to play. I got to agree with you on that. Dank Nate. He said, I've been enjoying this era. I've always had something to play. And the Ascent has DLC that's come out. Uh, that that could be something else that we go in and play and have a good time with. Uh, like me and Pong, we love, we are main proponents for the Descent. I'm an excellent game. Um, 20, uh, Thunder Force Shock says 2022 was a worst year for console gamers, not on PC. Uh, I guess I it's all perspectives. It's, it's all perspectives. Perspective. Yeah, it is. I Always. mean, Micros if you're just going to focus on Microsoft first party. Yeah. One of the worst years, like 
again, it, it, yeah. it there's no way around it from a first party Microsoft standpoint. One of the worst years. OK, yeah. but listen, you're talking to a dude who's been around through the driest of dry video game years. Right. Like, listen, back in the day, we were lucky to get like a handful of really big games, right? right? We were lucky to get a handful. Uh, and that was all across all consoles, right? So I've been through the driest to dry years. As a gamer, as a type of gamer I am who plays everything, no way. 2022 is not anywhere as close. We have so much to play, so much to play. And again, the indie scene blowing up like it has, it just it's 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 nonstop what we get. And again, if you are one of those gamers, like Steele said, that only plays AAA home runs, well, yeah, I can see your perspective and I understand it. I do feel, however, I that you as you, you, I, I do feel that we, the type of gamers Steele and I are, we, we play much more than just AAA home runs out are much bigger group than just the AAA players. I'm not talking about the Madden Call of Duty right. crowd, okay? That that That's a whole other category unto itself, right? That's a casual category. I'm just talking about gamers in general. I think there's a bigger group of us that every day log in, especially if you have Game Pass, you can find something to play that you've never played before or you have already about 10, 15, 20 games that you've tried or started that you have to still get back to. And I think that that's the way it's gone. Look, Steel, we've got, what, 50... 50, 60 hours in Dying Light 2. We still haven't finished that game to go yeah, back to. Was, now that's got DLC that's yeah, going to be announced. DLC, yeah. yeah. So we've got games, man. We've got more games than we know what to do with. 2023, look, the complaints and Shizno, shout out to you, brother. I Again, you and I are on the same, same wavelength in a lot of areas. And Shizno said it in the chat the other night. He said, look, 2023, Gamers are going to complain about too many games. Yeah, and yes, that's probably going to happen. That's We're exactly gonna what's going to happen. Complaint. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, Hyperfan Gaming says, play League of Legends, free on PC. Oh, God. <laughs> Shout out to Hyperfang. What's going on, brother? Good uh, to see you in here. League of Legends is a, is a good game for those who are who can get into MOBAs. Now, it, it, MOBAs frustrate a lot of people, but there's also those same amount of people, if not 50% more, who actually love it and enjoy it. Uh, Jacob Novick says two terabyte 4K and maybe even 8K. I imagine an ultimate handheld xCloud to install every sort of Game Pass, every free game via XI like Fortnite, everything Xbox has on a go, the go system, exactly everything. <laughs> so he's talking about Xbox handheld again. Yeah. yeah, that's a big topic of conversation. I think um, there's two ways they can go. Um, they can partner with everybody like we've seen them already start doing. Um, and just let everybody else do all the R&D, do all the research and just have Game Pass available on Steam Deck, have Game Pass available on whatever other third party handhelds come out and just go that route. Would it make sense from my standpoint that eventually Xbox does do uh, an actual licensed handheld for themselves and really optimizes it as long as it's native hardware? Yes, I'm not in the group that thinks that there should be a streaming only handheld. I think it has to be native hardware and it has to be on par with the Series S for it to make sense. And that's going to take some years before they can get it shrunk down to that size. But I think it is possible before the end of this generation, Xbox does jump back into the handheld or jumps back. I should say jumps into the handhelds for the first time with their own system that is optimized to play you know, Game Pass games and Xbox games. I think that is something that's a possibility. So I would be yeah. down for it. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Um, the Fahim also says, I just started Elder Scrolls Online. So far, I like oh, it. Yeah, amazing. man. There's nothing like that, that fresh Elder Scrolls Online experience. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think if I would have had a group of people that would have kept me on, uh, yeah. I'd, pro I'd probably still... But even the... But I will say this for Elder Scrolls community, the Elder Scrolls Online community is one of the best still because I played it yeah, solo. Yeah. But man, did I get some help from some people from randoms, complete yeah. randoms. They are some of the nicest people in Elder Scrolls Online. And again, the only reason why I still don't play it. Again, I've got a couple, three, four hundred hours into it over on the PS4. That's why. It's because Bethesda in 2022 still doesn't allow me to transfer my character to Xbox. And that's what sucks. Yeah, so not, that's the only reason why I've held off. But every time they release a new expansion, I go back and go, about God it. dang it. And I was a premium member too, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I paid for probably almost two years of premium. It is well worth it. Yes. If you are heavy into ESO, the benefits playing, that you yeah. get, the free cash, the free store money that you get, yeah. um, along with the unlimited inventory, which is an absolute bust if you're playing ESO hardcore. Yeah. Bro gotta have it. it's worth the the uh, what is it 15 bucks i think it is yeah. a month something like that it was that yeah it was something like well that. worth it i love esl it is a really really awesome elder scrolls experience even as a single player there are so many different missions to run the world is so yeah. big it is oh god i love that it, love there's ESL. there's so much yeah there's yeah. so much that goes on in that game and again that's that's really that game is really my that's kind of like my my central point as far as those games go um like that's my kind of expectation um a lot of the time and I, and not only that but that's also why i want to see it kind of move forward from there which is why i'm what i'm i want to see if i get that same feeling from star from starfield that i got when i played yeah. elder scrolls online originally maybe not because it's just mmo because that's what it wasn't about um but it was just the expansiveness the character development i know all the games yeah. kind of had that uh, yeah, but I felt like El Forte. El Elder Scrolls Online did it in such a way where it was just like I had both. I had elements of both. Um, and may maybe that's what I expect. We're going to get a Starfield MMO too. Starfield Online. Uh, yeah. That game is set up perfectly. I mean, I can't imagine Steel, you and I traveling as space fucking pirates just Yo, hijacking be, bro <laughs> we'd be going fucking crazy we'd be going fucking crazy oh building a base picking out a planet building the base that we uh, launched from oh my god split screen so planet <laughs> that's right you know i named it oh, I, I named it in uh whatchamacallit so uh, uh, in, uh in um uh, no man's sky yeah no, there you go yeah. yeah i got a whole living split screen star system named out there in, in no man's sky if anybody comes that's across so, it that's so funny which is the chance of you coming across it Less than a needle in a haystack, let me tell you. But <laughs> it's there. Be able to keep it's it in mind. Keep it in mind. It is there. <laughs> but yeah, and for anybody else curious, Elder Scrolls Online too. If you pay for the premium, you get all the DLC. You get all the expansions for free. Yes, it's part of your premium package. Yes. So you all you have to have is you can download the basic game from Game Pass, and then just join the premium, and you have access to every piece of content that they put out as far as the expansions go. Which is yeah. awesome. Which is which yeah. is always super dope, especially as a new yeah. player, because maybe yeah. you don't want to fork over the extra money for it. Right. You try um, it out, yeah. 15 bucks, get you everything. But you that, can see for yourself. That's also yeah. how they get you. So yeah, it is. It is. Because <laughs> once you do it, you'll be like, oh, I might as well just stay. The in-game currency. They give you like Bro. they give you like 10 it's, it's bucks crazy. worth of in-game yeah. currency it's, it's every crazy. month. Like it's, it's like legit because you want to buy new mounts in that game. You yeah. want to buy the new armor in that game because they do a nice job with that. That's no, they no, really they cool. do. Yeah, it's all all is really good. Um, 
as I mentioned earlier, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, since I got do have an appointment here within the next hour or so. Uh, so I don't want to get too deep, but um, I didn't have much else on my list um, other than the conversation with PC Game Pass versus console Game Pass, which we kind of touched on earlier. Um, I saw the conversations about that and people wanting to separate it out and not consider it part of each other and um, um, whatever. I, I, I thought that was crazy. Uh, the other thing, too, was some of the conversations about QuakeCon. Are we still not getting much information, if anything, about that or um, a lot of the older games? coming to PC versus them coming to console. And the questions are like, oh, why aren't they coming in a console? Uh, what's going on with that? Like they're missing so much potential as far as that goes. And honestly, it would definitely be beneficial to see a lot of those games come back, but because they were made on PC back in the day, um, it does, I do expect them, expect for those games to be easier to port over to a console, but, it's about whether they feel like it's going to be worth it or not to do that. And I don't know if it is necessarily whether they got to put more money, more time, more effort into it to make sure that it's running clean, especially if there's an expectation that we might get a new quake as there's been rumors that are going, going around. I'd much have, a, I much would rather just have the new quake rather than you give me older games. Cause those games don't hold old, haven't aged very well. Um, as far as looks and the way they play and everything, um, especially when you consider a controller, um, though they just, I can imagine they haven't aged very well. Um, uh, but I am excited to see if there's ever going to be a new quake that comes through. Uh, yeah. although that's going to be very difficult because unlike doom, although quake and doom are very similar to each other, quake is also much more sweaty than doom has ever been. Quake was right. like, is like the epitome of you getting Quick online, bro. Shooting. And do, translating that over onto a controller. But if anybody can uh, do it, it's Ed. If anybody yeah, can do it, it, it can it's do it. It Listen, can do it. And my point the other night when but we talked about know. this, my point to Steel was with now, Quake was popular before there was anything esports. Right. Can you imagine if they get it right? What kind of sweaty competitions it could blow up in the esports world? Because you want to talk again. I don't even know if at my age anymore I can even play Quake. Like legit, like it's like one of those games. Like you have to have the reflexes yeah. of a cat. And if they pull that off again and they bring it up to date and it's modern and it's on current gens, along with PC, you could have a huge explosion in the esports world of one of the most highly competitive games that has ever been made before because people just don't remember what Quake was like back in the day. Quake was stupid. Like, yeah, like was... legit stupid. The things that people did in that game mm -hmm. in a competitive setting was utterly ridiculous. And it was so tight. The controls were so spot on that if you got shot, there was no question. There was no question. It was on the, the other person was just that much better than you. Like there was no questions about cheating. There was no questions about anybody with controller versus keyboard. Look, it was just, Hey, you got smoked because that person was a fraction of a second faster than you. That's all there was to it, man. They could have a big game, a big resurgence of quake. If they can get it right. Steel, like you said, whether or not that translate nowadays, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But if they could do it, man, it'd be huge. It would definitely, I mean, the name would definitely ring again yes. with people like us. They I still don't, have QuakeCon. I they still have QuakeCon. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't think Quake resonates with the audience that they're trying to talk to now. 
That's the only thing about that. Yes, we're part of that conversation, but I just don't know if it appeals to that same audience. Um, because, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, if they, if they brought Valorant to PC, I mean, to a uh, console, console, then yeah. it'd be kind of pointless for you to bring Quake. Because there's other games that do something similar and already have an audience. And you have so many. That was the other thing that Quake had as an advantage, too, earlier on. There weren't many games like it. There aren't many games that are still like it to this day. And it's going to come down to how are you going to entice people to play this game again? Yeah, I don't know. But like I said, if there's a studio that can do it, it's it. And yeah. I think that I would trust them. And I think that all the smoke is real. Again, this is funny. This is funny, Steve. I brought this up this week on multiple shows. Too. Um, I'm starting to believe. Shout out to Everborn. Uh, shout yeah, out to I Everborn. <laughs> shout out to Everborn and his conspiracy. The dude, like, look, look, I love conspiracy. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Okay. So listen, in all, in all different things. But Everborn's had this out there. And he's probably the lone man that's put this out there on his own mountain here. But ever since the Activision Blizzard deal, he believes that Xbox has purposely, Microsoft has purposely been playing extremely low. And I'm not just talking about like the, like the news, like we all have talked about that, that they were going to be really low key when it came to news. But he's, he, his thinking goes as deep as Starfield, Redfall pushed until the Activision Blizzard deal can get done. He's 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 in this thinking that they are not making any new announcements now or very few new announcements until the Activision Blizzard deal gets done to play up the fact that they are in third place, technically speaking, that they are the underdogs here. As much as Sony has been trying to place themselves as the victims, Microsoft is trying to stay so low key that they're pushing off all these announcements. Look, we've been hearing about smoke from Quake for quite a while now, past year or so. I think it's real. It's been working on something. Okay. We know that it's not just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, wondering what they're going to do. And Quake deserves a return. It it does. It's an IP that does reserve another chance in current gen form. And so I think that that is real. I think they've been working on a reboot for this. You know, we saw the Quake one remaster, which was, you know, the remaster at the lowest definition of a remaster come out last year to try to get some hype. There was some talk that we could see a Quake 2 remaster at QuakeCon this year, which didn't happen. Um, I think it's real. I think they're going to try it. And I think that it is the team to do it. And I think still that they're on something here. Um, but I think that Microsoft may be, I'm starting to, my original thought here was that I'm, I'm starting to believe in Everborn's conspiracy, even though I rolled my eyes at him. And I, I admit that when he first said, I was like, no way, no way. Are they, I think they are still, I think they're holding back a lot of stuff right now just yeah, to be. not draw more attention to themselves about exactly how much they really have going on. Because we know us here, we know that they have so much in the works it's unbelievable when you start looking at the roadmap but i really think that they're starting to stay quiet this year because of it i really do and that's the other thing too with them reviving doom and quake shed a lot of similarities it's all, along with unreal tournament like i would almost want rather an unreal tournament rather than a quake to me personally Quake has unreal, more draw though i think you think you think you think quake has more draw than unreal <laughs> Unreal Tournament, yeah, think so? I do, I do. I really think in this day and age, I still right, think but. Quake's name has more. When you say Quake, yeah, more than Unreal I can Tournament. Agree. I, can, I can agree. Because, 
Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. I, I think agree. from a from a marketing standpoint, Quick has much more uh, of a namesake than than Unreal does, right? So, I, I can see your point, and I understand that Unreal, from a competitive standpoint, could be very impressive as well. But I just think that Quake overall, again, just has that namesake that could draw a certain crowd to it that could kick off something where more and more people start jumping into it as they watch people play it because it is still different. Like it's, you said, steel. And it's, it's one of those, and it's one of those IPs too, that it's like, it literally was like the call of duty of that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and quake definitely has the potential to be that again. And it's just, it literally is about how all about how they revived. It. I know in the new doom, they pulled out the multiplayer. This could be a way that, they bring that action back where Doom doesn't have to do multiplayer. They can focus on, I mean, I know they're done with the story now, uh, but Quake could be just that multiplayer proponent um, that they pulled out and could be that fast passion, you know, fast paced over the, you know, over the top action based first person shooter uh, that has that super competitive element to it. That could be right back up there because it is also super different than any other first person shooter. Um, like literally you could have a quake halo call of duty and they all play so differently from each other that they would be easily able to uh thrive and have their own audience and also have a especially in this day and age um have a blend of audiences uh that really probably touch on all three and kind of talk amongst all all three uh of that same cloth i would say I, I think it has that potential. I just, I'm just, I'm so iffy on it, man, because I just don't know if, if people are, are willing to accept Quake again, uh, the way that they did originally, especially with how far it's been removed at this point. Well, we're gonna, I think we're going to find out no matter what, one way or the other. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and Jacob, to to answer your question, yeah, Unreal Tournament was epic. Uh, yes. Who who made it? it? That was that was what kind of put Cliffy B. Cliff Blazinski, uh, yes. maker of gears on the map. He was uh, a main part uh, of that uh, design. Uh, and that's where he got a lot of his gears from as well. So, um, but yeah, it was Epic Games uh, that did that. So, um, but again, we're going to find out because I think Quake is coming back no matter what. So, yeah, and, and Vic the Click in the chat, he's a big Unreal guy. He said, Unreal, please, gaming gods. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of people out there, but Quake would god damn man it'll be it would be interesting i, I definitely want to see it come to the forefront um at least because i know it'll be interesting yeah. um with that though um, you gotta get going still i mean i'm not in a super rush um i do no. want to be done within the next like 25 minutes or so okay just so it okay. give me plenty of time um but um that's all i had on my list on my end personally uh paul yeah. i mean what else did you want to jump into well, we can we can get a couple of smaller topics in okay. here. Uh, Steel, let me uh, ask you this: Did you watch the Redfall uh, developer yes. Yes. interview? Okay, and the okay, what did you come out of with Redfall? Because that's been a big topic this week. Because Mav obviously fell even more in love with Redfall from what the developers had to say. Arcane Austin, of course, right? Um, that they did a nice job of even expanding more upon what we already knew about Redfall to the degree that Mav's hype rose. Now, my hype's already been high, mm -hmm. and like I said, nothing. From this developer's uh, talk that they had at QuakeCon or in what they showed, they did show some new footage in there. Nothing um, nothing really could have raised my hype outside of the fact that I learned how big this game is. I knew it was going to be big, but when they talked about dropping the entire space station um, from Prey yes, into the gaming world of Redfall and it wound up taking up 
just the farm in the outskirts of Redfall. It took up the farm land, which is one mission in Redfall in the outskirts. And remember, they got the inner city, and then they've got like the suburbs, the out, the you know, with the church and the farms on the outside. That's how the world's divided. That it only that the entire space station of prey took up just the farm, one mission from Redfall. Bro, that size blew my mind. I was like, okay, yes, this is going to be a big world. But what do you think, brother? What did you come away from? Because I know you've been you've been kind of on the Redfall train for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those games that, interested. Eh, yeah, interested. But did you see anything more or hear anything more that really piqued your interest out of this one? Um, hmm. The first time that I, wa- that I watched it, I fell asleep. Um, about... Uh, towards the back end of it. I had about like last five minutes of it. I fell asleep. Um, personally, I found Redfall not to be that entertaining. Um, I like the concept of it and I like the vampires and I like what they're, the, the, what they're trying to, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but it is going to be one that I, I would need to see how it plays and how it feels in my hands. Um, I'm not going to discredit the game and say that, Oh, I feel like it's going to be trash or no, it looks like it's going to be a good time. Uh, but for me, it just, Maybe it was the way that it was presented and maybe I was just tired. It has been a rough week for me, but because um, I, I tried to watch it again and I just found myself not necessarily super interested. Um, but I did write a Twitter post after I watched it originally and then I fell asleep on it. I woke up the next day. Um, I, I, I wrote a tweet. I was just like, man, I just, I don't know if I'm as interested in Redfall mm-hmm. as everybody else may be or as hyped for it as other, anybody else is. Um, and again, with a lot of things that they're saying are impressive when you're saying that, hey, you know, once one piece of the map is equal to the entire game of Prey and it's like, damn, yeah, hell yeah, it's fucking impressive. Uh, but for me, it's always going to come down to gameplay. And for these games that are like their PVE focus um, where, hey, you know, you can play this game by yourself or you can play it in co-op. I just have this feeling like it's going to be another one of those games where I get to the end of the game and then I don't play the game again. Um, or I get to the end and there's, there's not much else other than me just getting more gear and replaying that same story again. Um, right. Now, again, and not to say there's anything necessarily wrong with that, because, again, I, I had fucking a fantastic time with Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, but am I, do I have a, the want to go back to it and play it again? No. Would I have there's some DLC that drop? Yeah, I would. But it's kind of like, well, how long do I have to put the game down until that happens, right? And right now, I don't see anything coming from that, from Wonderlands currently, that would draw me back into it and be like, oh, let me add some DLC. Let's jump into it. Um, (laughs) Fun speculation says, shoot a vampire with a garden gnome. I'm down. And see, for me, that's just like, I don't know. It's just, that's not enough for me, like, personally. But again, not to take anything away from Arcane and not take anything away from Redfall. Um, it's just, it's solidified to me. I need to see what this game is going to be like in my hands because that could be a transformative experience. I get it in, I kill my first vampire, um, especially with the different levels of vampires and how they kind of uh, gave that breakdown to where it's like, you have these cultists, they're trying to become, ba- I like that concept. That's really dope. That's like Queen of the Dam type. Um, you know, it gives me those Blade. feelings. Blade. It gives yeah. me those feelings. So Supernatural, they did some, they touched on some of that too. It gives me some of those feelings, which is I'm super about, but you explaining it to me, it's not making me any more like, oh, now it may be different, Again, because I do believe they're going to have four-player co-op in this too. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could have been, I could be wrong in that. I do believe it is four player co-op drop in, drop out. Um, it's, they based it on a single player and first because they wanted the single player experience. That's what Arcane's known for. And then they also added on the multiplayer as well. So it is a single player game at heart, but the multiplayer is there. And yes, you can play as the same characters. Cause I was just going to ask you, you, yeah. yeah, So, so I was going to ask you for you. Because I've been listening to you talk for a long time, so I I I understand your brain, you know, the way that you think about games, and I understand exactly what you're saying about the hey, when I get done with this game, what's going to be for me? What's the difference between something like Redfall mm-hmm. and a Gotham Knights that you're excited for? Because Gotham Knights is kind of set up the same way. You're going to be looting, you're going to be upgrading your characters, you're going to be doing yeah. different builds, that kind of stuff. What? Is there a difference between those two in your eyes other than, hey, you really like superhero genre, so Gotham Knights just appeals to you that's, a little bit that's, li- that's literally That's literally the main yeah. difference. Okay. On, to be completely honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that, what I was that, that literally is the main difference because I'll, find, I'll, I'll probably end up finding myself at the same point to where I'm with Gotham Knights. I've maxed out my character, and I, do, I have a certain way that I play, and then I don't... Because I am the I am also the guy because I do like to play other games to where it's like war, I'll, I'll use Warframe as a main I'll use Warframe as an example. Um, for a long time, I there was three fa- there was three frames that I would get, and then outside of those three frames, everything else was extra. So it was like I want to make sure that the build on these three are right. If I'm doing X content, um, I'm trying to think if there's because there's other games I have better, there's better. Destiny is a better example. Destiny. A lot of people use all three classes. They play all three classes. I've always used all three classes. Since Destiny 1 until here recently in Destiny 2, um, I've only ever used one class. No matter what anybody else, oh, you can grind more efficiently if you have more. No, I I like to play other games. I don't like to, this is not my life. And I've put 1,500 hours in Destiny, like using one character. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can only imagine how that would be if it was other characters, because I put that type of time and investment into it because I want my characters to play a certain way in order for me to get around that and prevent things like that happening. I invest my time into one character in one specific way that I like to play. um, And then try to figure out that's why I like when games give you multiple ways. That's what gets me excited about Gotham Knights, for an example, when they say, hey, there's not going to be just one way to play. Now, we'll see when the game actually comes out. There's always games that say that, oh, there's more there's more than one way to play. And then there becomes a meta and then nobody wants to play with you unless you're playing the meta way. Destiny is a prime example of that, where people do that all the time. They don't want to play with you unless you're playing the meta way, which can be, be completely boring and corny and everything else. But it can have that same syndrome. I like I'm I'm not against my own biases, right? Whereas it's like, well, hey, if it's if it's something I personally like, that I'm I'm going to be a little bit more catered to that versus something like a Redfall, where it's just like traditionally I haven't been in the arcane games, but it's not to say that their gameplay loops aren't in like appealing to me. I can't say that their games are trash or not. They're not interesting because they are, but it's like, I'm constantly fighting that battle with myself. Like, Hey, was it worth my time? Uh, Gotham Knights, an example compared to Redfall. It's like, I, I like Batman already. So it's like, I like that. Um, I like that family. I, I like that, uh, that storyline, how they can, the different ways they could take that. Those gets, those gets my gears turning and everything 
because I already have kind of like a bias towards con- like heroes and villains and that whole fantasy, like that whole power yeah. fantasy and everything. Right, right, right. So yeah. there's that, that where it's like sense. with like with Tiny Tina, it's just like yeah, it could be probably it could be like as it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of the same thing with Warframe, right? Because it's like I'm at the end of the day, everybody's gonna get the same frames, and we're all grinding for the same thing. We're getting getting better equipment and all getting the same. Uh, same stuff at the end of it, but it's like how you play it, and um, it takes a while. It takes a long time to get to that type kind of point where yeah. you'll never have, see those similarities. Uh, to where it's like Redfall, I don't. It doesn't look like it's going to be that in depth, though. I don't want to speak on the depth without having played the game and seeing what it's going to actually end up giving me. Because again, yeah. when they say that one of their one of their past games can fit into a section of this game. Yeah. Of course, that gets my gears turned like, damn, okay, well, fuck. I mean, I, that, that previous game seemed kind of dense. So now yeah. you, you're saying that this game is six times as dense. Okay, right. what are you giving me? And then how are you going to play on that aesthetic of vampires and everything um, in the way the abilities kind of play off each other and allowing people to use the same classes? Another thing, like we ran into with Dying Light to where... Um, the story progression doesn't carry over. That's a, yeah. that's the thing that bothers me. Like, yeah, it's just and like doing that in this too. I mean, they I, are doing, that. and I that's understand. So I mean, it's yeah. you know, you base it off of your single player experience. Could be the same yeah. reason why Dying Light did it. Although Dying Light wasn't traditionally that way, which doesn't, with that doesn't make sense. But um, that could be the same thing. You know, where it was just like, hey, it was a single player experience. We treated it that way. That's why they're different. To me, it's just like it takes away from it. It's just like I'd like my progression to count with my buddy's progression, right? We, we pick up from the same place. If I want to move on, great. I will just, whenever he gets back on, I'll just pick up from wherever he left off. And I can kind of give them some expectation of where we're playing together. Hey, we're going to look out for these things. Hey, I got this gun from over here. Like, there's just other elements to add on to that. So, yeah. Oh, and, that, and that's cool. So that's kind of where I thought you were coming from too. Like I said, I've listened to you for long enough. I kind of get your mindset for me. I, again, since I don't finish many games, like that is never a problem. Like if I finish a game, like we finished Tiny Tina's, I was right. happy, right? I was like, man, yeah, that was yeah. a blast experience and whatever else. But, you know, I go back to so few games, like there's no destinies right. for me, Warframes for me, where I, again, Cyberpunk 280 hours, Skyrim probably 400 hours total, ESO 300, 400 hours. Like those right. types of games, like, like you, I'm even on another level as far as grazing goes. So I'm always looking for the next experience. So for right. me, it's like whatever. And Redfall being in Game Pass day one, is a bonus like that's huge for me like because it's just going to be one more thing i don't have to budget in whatever i get out of redfall i'm going to be happy with no matter what at the end of the day right. and just what they were talking about being able to again arcane has a unique way of spinning their games and that's why i was so excited for this because we've seen so many looter shooters we've seen so many co-op multiplayer games again right. that's common nowadays but arcane has a different way of doing yeah. things mm-hmm. and the fact that they said i can stealth this entire game if i want to as a single player that's kind of that dope that, yeah that's kind of dope right and then the, the fact that and they talked about the, the the class builds that for arcane because arcane hasn't necessarily been known as a class builder because they haven't done a whole lot of multiplayer in the past the fact that they talked about hey yeah you might be playing the same character but you can have totally two different builds a lot like they showed off in gotham knights with the red hood gameplay the other day that excites me as well steel knowing that if you and i decide to have the same character that we could play have two different play styles and that they have skill trees weapons specials that will give us a unique feel to each one of those characters 
that's what's cool to me as well. So I'm happy for Arcane here. I think this is going to be big. I think this has a potential to be that mass hit um, that that Arcane just, they've been critically acclaimed. All their games score extremely well. And there's a rabid fan base of Arcane fans like myself that love their games, but they've never had that critical, that, that mass appeal success sales-wise. And again, being in Game Pass, we're not going to be talking about sales, but I'm saying from an engagement standpoint, I think this could be their biggest game ever. And I really think they have the chance to grab the left for dead crowd that didn't get grabbed by back for blood. And I think arcane could bring something different where people gravitate towards Redfall, Um, and it really has a ton of success. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for Redfall. I think it was a great showing for them. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And I had to laugh. I had to laugh too. Well, wow. Cause I saw, I, I was wondering why the duck conversation was going in and I should have known it was Mav's fat finger texting that set it off because he was trying to text quake and he texted quack instead oh. <laughs> i was wondering i was thinking about it. i was like i'm pretty sure i didn't say quack um. no no it was mav it was mav shout out to mav we had we had a go of it in the chat earlier this week about mav's texting oh, abilities and his fat shit. fingers so oh okay i was about to say like i was really sitting there over here thinking about myself like damn did i say quack i really call no. quake quack no, it was mav okay was mav. okay that makes sense yeah i was, I was I was, I was racking my mind about that. I was like, did me a punk say quack fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I need some more coffee, but damn. Shout out to Splendiferous oh, dropping in here with the codes. Thank you, Splend, man. Brother, hey, yeah. you're always dropping around here, man. Splend, Appreciate you. Splendiferous dropped an Xbox code for Jedi Fallen Order Deluxe Edition, and it's a global code. Please, ladies and gentlemen, tell me if you grab the code. If not, I will drop it in a notepad and I'll get with Splint on the back end. Um, we'll figure out another way to drop it. But please, or Splint, if you want to check the code afterwards, um, whatever you need to do, please let us know if you got that code. Follow so, it, so at least we know that somebody did get it yeah. and um, it didn't just doesn't get lost in the ether because Splint doesn't have to spend that kind of money, man. And uh, I greatly appreciate you doing that, bro. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. And Omi, Tony. Uh, yeah, I did see the mods for this game. Steel talked about it before this game launched, how crazy the mods were going to get. They are already lighting up a fire. I saw the Stan Lee one. Absolutely. Bro, how do these modders, man, like All they need is the how game. are these modders not devs, man? Because they the work they do that Stan Lee looked absolutely incredible. My God! And then I even saw the Uncle Ben gravestone mod. Oh, what God. the? <laughs> I was oh, laughing. My God. I was. Speaking, dying. I mean, speaking of mods, though, that's actually yeah. crazy. Um, let me see if I can wrap yeah. it down. We may not have a this day in gaming segment today. I do have to shut something. I yeah. do have to shut it down here on uh, the next ten minutes or so. But, um. I did, speaking of mods, I did want to bring up Nexus Mods did uh, do something that was actually kind of noble, man. I thought it was kind of dope um, because there were some modders who went out and were tr- were removing the pride flags from the uh, from Spider Man uh, from the game from off the mirrors off the walls and everything. I don't know what the I don't, I don't know what the hell is wrong with people, bro. To the point to where like you have to be so hateful that you wanna you wanna like put a mod out there to take out something in the game that doesn't take away from your experience. It's just, that's part of the devs art. And, but either way, um, what Nexus mods ended up doing is that they banned the guy's account. Um, well, they pulled this mod down, uh, banned his account and said, Hey, we believe in, uh, freedom of speech, all that, all the great stuff and everything else. So it's just like, um, and they all Nexus mods is also kind of known for, Keep keeping the integrity of the game itself, right? 
um, for for the most part. I know there's a lot of still there's a there's a, there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> Listen, of in between. You there. and I are gonna differ, brother. You there's a, there's a lot differ. there's a lot of in between there. Um, <clears throat> I like the fact that they took a stance on it. Um, I don't I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. Again. I also believe that gaming is art should be treated as such. So if that was part of the original devs, what they wanted there to create, be no mods. Are games, there should be no mods. Then it is what it is. Zero. But it's mods is still different. No, nope, there like, should be no mods, brother. None. Adding things to a game versus removing things nope. from a game is like You're removing Spider Man and putting in Uncle Ben's gravestone, bro. Still, nope. like I don't know. No censorship. Nope. Either you censor everything or you don't censor anything. Nope. Nope, there is no, this is my line. This is my line. This is my own personal feelings. I'm not, I'm not arguing with steel here. He can have, obviously he's opinion. Oh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people do this. There's very few things that steel and I differ on. I just have a very, very strong stance when it comes to any type of censorship whatsoever. If you can have sex, naked mods in Skyrim, I'm sorry. You don't have the right to ban anything else. I, I'm, 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 that's just how I feel. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't think that again, but I'm old school. I don't think changing flags is hateful. I again, personal 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 preference. People create mods to create personal preferences for their gaming experience. Gamers are allowed to do so. The modding community is gigantic. Games allow other people to change their art all the time in mods. You can't pick and choose what you think is okay. That that's just me personally. I, I just sorry. I just I, I have a real strong stance. I want you. I, I, you know, I, you don't need to apologize for that. I, no, I, I, I hate when people just, do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I don't. There's nothing to apologize about. I mean, I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, a guardian, guardian black agrees with too, man. I mean, um, it, it's definitely a choice. At the end of the day, it definitely is a choice. I definitely understand that perspective. Um, for me, I thought. For me, I just thought it was bold for Nexus to take to take a stance on it. Um. So I was, I do commend them for that. Uh, overall, for the choice itself, I mean, like, I don't know. It's all, it's always going to be a open-ended conversation to have, and we can always talk about <laughs> rights and wrongs and yeah, what's okay, what's about, not okay. Just, I mean, talk, we could yeah. say that killer, you know, Norman Reedus carrying around babies and tubes and carrying around the country, like that could be wrong in a certain amount of way. Like, uh, but that's what I'm saying, Steele. That's why you, know. you can't ever have censorship. Again, censorship yeah. to me is off offline, man. Again, we 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 run into this in this day and age, especially. Again, it's 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 picking and choosing is the problem that I have. You're picking and choosing sides. You can't pick and choose sides. I mean, of course you can. Again, it's the company's right to do so. I, I, I'm not talking about legal, re, you know, legal or whatever else. I'm just saying I don't give them credit for virtual signaling on certain topics and not others. I, I just don't give you credit for that. Again, yeah. that's not that's not this is not me. And I think it is it is crazy that they would choose that of all things. Again, it wasn't like uh, they yeah, were putting Nazi I mean, flags in there, Steel. They were putting the American flag in there. So, again, I just, you know, where are we at, brother? So that's just me. I think, again, if you're going to censor everything, then there's no mods whatsoever. If it's about the artist's original intent, uh, as far as the devs go, then no mods should be allowed whatsoever, ever, period. Point blank. Just yeah. Me. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, and Fahim brought up, um, um, yeah, Fahim said it was like, but why charge the LGBT thing? Yeah, and I, I, and I definitely can understand why you could look at both ends of it. I mean, 
to be completely honest, it's not something that I looked at and was like, oh, yeah, let me put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, It was just one of those things where I thought it was interesting because they took a stance. And you don't typically see that, especially these days where it was just like, I mean, when I originally saw it, I didn't think it was that big of an issue. Because, again, it's a mod. It's an option. You don't have to download it. You don't have to do it. Um, So I, I definitely agree with those points. And, again, I mean, it is kind of counter and do it kind of inducive for me to, for me to be like well you know part of the vision and everything because yeah i mean mods are changed are pretty much changing everything um take taking out the vision it's just i don't know man it's it it's it's there's different perspectives to it for sure mm-hmm. and since it's not Absolutely. hurting and since it's not hurting anything not right. doing anything um even if they re- replaced it with uh swastikas or whatever like right. at the end of the day Unless it was hurting, like, unless it was going to end, like, unless it was hurting somebody, by no means or is it right? Like, but then again, it's like, we we also can't have a conversation about what's right or wrong. Because, yeah, I mean, there are universal rights and wrongs, but then again, there's also, there's a lot of fine lines with a lot of that, with a lot of that stuff. I can say that, hey, I think if you, if you, if you're a pedophile, you should get the chair. You should automatically mm-hmm. be put to death. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to say, no, we don't agree with that, which mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that either. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely, I think I'm going to come, I think I'll, I, I could come around that. Uh, I could definitely come around on that. Again, actually putting some thought into it now. Um, I, I do, I do hundred percent agree where it's just like, yeah, uh, if you're going to have mods, then I mean, mods got to be across the board. Again, it's not something that's being forced. Nobody put a screen in front of you says, hey, download this shit or you're not going to be able to play it. So uh, as far as that aspect goes, it is. I I do think that it's kind of messed up to go ahead and and ban his entire account for it. Maybe give him a warning. Maybe if there's something within the I don't know how Nexus Mods has their um. Their policies or whatever set up. It could be something uh, yeah, in the guidelines. No. I mean, you know again, I mean? it's a private. It's a private company still. Right. So again, at the end of the day, that's their they belief. Can, they can do it. Like I said, they can do what they want to do. Right, right, I'm right. just saying it. They lose credibility in my mind. Right. They don't gain respect from me for doing that. They lose respect. And from I'm me pretty sure Nexus Mods doesn't so, care about no, my respect right, or not or right, whatever because right, they have. Right. Like you said, you you right. can. I told you guys not that like a couple weeks ago, I can literally make every character naked in Final Fantasy VII. Correct. Remake. Every right. one of them. Right. Everyone. And that's it's, definitely I, not Square's vision. No, <laughs> it's not, and that's definitely not Square's vision. So, you know, really, like, literally like, put, us, put us some actual thought into it and everything. Again, I just thought it was interesting because they took a stance and them being a more uh, private owned and everything, they're, yeah. they're more than welcome to take that stance. And I just... It wasn't something that I was expecting, and it's yeah. not like Nexus Mods is like, oh, they they need to be credible. No, that's what they do. Right? So they're giving you free content. They allow you to make an account mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. the content, and you to download the content and everything else. Uh, but I can agree if if you're gonna if you're gonna censor one thing, then you might as well censor everything. And one there's not one thing is right or one thing is wrong, but if them as a private company, they feel like that's wrong, they they also have the right to say, all right, well, that's wrong. And you can either respect it or, or not. And like Pong simply making the stance and where like, and that's simply where we're, where we're separate at. It's like, I, I don't personally, it's whatever to me. And Pong was just like, ah, oh, you're just wrong. It's wrong. Which, which I can, de- which again, I can understand that. 
And it, I mean, because it is. That's fucked up. Why abandon accounts? <laughs> like, it's like falsely, it's like falsely flagging somebody's account for cheating. It's like, come, like really? You didn't no, even know there's, just a, there's just a lot of that. Like I said, it's everywhere. It's, it's fine. Not just the, yeah. It's not the games industry. It's everywhere. It's society in general. People now, picking, and I choosing. Just, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I hate it. I, I hate all of it. I so. do agree. It, it should be kind of across across the board. I, I, although, again, that open that that all opens so many wormholes. It's because once you start talking one direction about certain things, then it leads into okay. Well, if that's the case, then what about A, B, and C? Then and then it's just like okay. Well, how about D, E, and F? Okay, but how about one, exactly. two, and three? It's and, a slippery slope, and yeah. it's it just it never stops. And that's why I say you got to have it all over. Right. And, and you got in. And again, exactly. you got to let you got to let everybody again. It's an option. It, it's not yeah. downloadable. Somebody creates some crazy ass mod that everybody goes. That's fucked up. Nobody downloads it. OK, well, nobody downloads it then. Right. And he just he's off in oblivion. Yeah. You got to have the open debate, though, and you got to have yeah. the open conversation. See, and that's my got to allow it. And you got to allow it. See, and that's my thing. And it's part of the reason why I don't like talking about religion and stuff like that anymore is because. I like having those conversations. I really don't mind them. I can have those conversations and not be so entrenched in my in my emotions mm-hmm. about it that I get, well, I got to offend you now or I got to make it personal right, now. Right, no, right. no. It's like, okay, so you feel that way? Well, this is why I feel this way. Okay, well, can we come to a point where we can agree to disagree or do we find points to where we can kind of bounce off of each other and actually have a conversation or is it dead in the water and i think that's where a lot of people lose it where it's like hey on channels like this me and paul can disagree and i can also come to say like well well, damn yeah i can see what you're saying that is kind of wrong because it's like but in the eyes of them if they felt it as a private company if they felt like it was wrong by your rights you can do whatever you feel like it's possible i just thought it was interesting that they they literally took a stance out of yeah. all the things that are going on, that's, they took a stance yeah, on exactly. it. So I was just like, "Oh, okay." And, and no, Splint, I did. Splint, I have not had an account uh, personally banned whatsoever, <laughs> ever. I have not had that uh, because I don't take uh, extreme positions. Uh, right. no. I have, but I, I am. But I, again, I am a protector of freedom, and I, and again, that includes everybody, and everybody has. Again, I'm I'm all about no censorship. I'm about actually just hashing it out and talking about it, but it's got to be available. You can't pick and choose sides. And so that's what I'm for. So that's why it's so strong <laughs> in me. And that goes throughout uh, life because I'm old school like that. So for nah, me, it's just I'm, like, nah, I hate this shit. I'm I hate all of it. And, I'm so, and, and Omi, Tony, I totally understand that side of things. And I, again, I understand companies nowadays have been forced to take positions. I want companies to go back to being completely neutral, never yeah, saying a word about that's any issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want companies talking to me, just like I don't want celebs trying to use their power to talk to me about things. I, I just don't care. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. And I think, especially when it comes to companies, I think companies need to go back to being completely 100% neutral, but they've been forced into this position because where we're at in society and because, you know, whatever, the, the very loud cancel culture has caused an effect on them. And so they've been forced to take these positions now, which I just don't agree with. I just, whatever. So, but that's just me. Um, but I totally understand. Again, if you're a private company, if you 
you can make decisions. I, I just, like I said, for me, I just lose respect for you. That's all. So that's yeah. All. And again, it comes down to like fairness and equality and everything. Right. And like those things right. are things that are being touched <laughs> right. on that need to be adjusted and need to be fixed. And those conversations <laughs> yeah. are different. And stuff Sean points out the other side. Like, so if somebody being offended offends me, does that rule out their offense? <laughs> Correct. That's that's the circle jerk that we wind up to with these conversations at the end of the day. If you keep going around and around. So I'm offended that you're offended. So who's right? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't saying like, like it's we're stupid. not. We're it's not. Stupid. We're talking in circles at that point, and we're not moving anywhere. Uh, Split right. different says, "I thought this was an Xbox podcast." No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, split, no split. It's a non. No, you guys can all blame Steel. Steel brought this one up. <laughs> yeah, no, but I. Again, I'm and I'm always going to bring stuff up like yeah. this because I feel like this is an important conversation to have because not a lot of people are. Uh, again, I found it. I thought it was interesting. I was ready to bring <laughs> it up. Like, hey, I mean, like, let's let's have the conversation. But that's also because I can have conversation and not be emotionally charged by everything. Like, I could just have let's talk about it. What's up? I'm also known to be very stern about opinion. So it's like, okay, well, if I that's, feel this way, you feel this way. Okay, let's have a conversation. That's rare nowadays right. still, you know that. And, 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 and that's what conversation has done. And that's so. the point. And that's why I yeah. always want to have these kind of conversations because it is rare. I want to be able to show you that me and Pong can have differing, differing opinions or anybody can have, me and anybody, Pong and anybody can have differing opinions and mm-hmm. we're going to maintain us no matter what. Like, right. That's, that's part of it. I, I think that's another thing. Um, I think that's part of the other piece of value that we add to the community that I know a lot of other people are willing to kind of sell their soul for. That um, is, is not necessarily one of them. Um, but I think it was a beautiful conversation, man. It was, sir. Um, with that, though, with it being uh, about 1235, I got about 25 minutes before I got to skedaddle on. Um, I don't want to miss my appointment. So uh, I think we'll just, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, I will continue the, this day in gaming segment on our very next episode, because I know uh, that segment is extremely important to me. Um, again, you are looking at the history of gaming to kind of compare where we were to where we are now, um, especially with gaming needing to be treated as art. Um, well, is art and should be recognized as such. Uh, we definitely want to make sure that gets out there. But uh, uh, one, I guess, Omni Tony says uh, one more thing before I tell the people where they can find me at. Excuse me. Um, Omni Tony says, new topic, Pong. Did you see Tim Dawes' comments about what major Xbox investments might come after ABK? Getting me a hype uh, to get that deal over with and move on. I, I feel like we've talked about a we lot about, about just- this. Yeah, I was just going to respond to it. I was just typing. Um, yeah, no, we've talked about this deal. Yeah, we have. Uh, and we know they're not done. They're not, they're not done. Right. ABK is not going to be the end of it. They did the ABK sure. deal and said, what's next? So, Correct. <laughs> Correct. so and they even said it in their last investor call that they had plans that they're, that's going to continue. Right. Um, so definitely not done whatsoever. So, uh, you know, again, to get into specifics, look, I think after ABK, they might be smaller. Um, for a while, um, you know, I don't think that they're going to have anything big out the gates. I could be wrong. Who knows? A Japanese publisher could be next. Uh, but otherwise, I think all the small studio purchases that they've had on hold uh, since this ABK deal came out of the blue, I think all those deals finally go through. So I think you could definitely see three, four smaller devs be announced as purchases after this is done for sure. Yeah, no, 100% easily too. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, 
Ladies and gentlemen, as I wrap this thing down, I do want to thank you all for joining us today on episode 69, one of my favorite numbers, um, in a beautiful episode of Living Split Screen. Uh, man, I felt like we had a lot of passionate conversations. Again, even for us to be eh, about 30, 40 minutes short than what we normally would be. Honestly, 30 minutes. We're not taking anything away from you guys. Other people say we do too much. I say we do just right and our content is on point because, again, there's no better place to be than right here with Living Split Screen on a Saturday morning. Telling you guys. Don't let nobody tell you different. And with that, you guys that show up on a week-to-week basis, whether it's on the audio side of things or whether it's live, uh, I greatly appreciate that. It's always a beautiful thing to see. If you can, after the show, during the show, on the audio side, leave us a review, leave us some comments, let us know how we're doing, let us know if the audio quality sounds completely trash, let us know if the gameplay is ass and I don't need to be Spider-Man anymore. Um, just let me know what's going on. We can only approve based on what the community sees. Um, Splendifera says he feels like he's being robbed 40 minutes. And uh, Splend, you know, I think you need to talk to your other podcast and say that, hey, I've been robbed two hours of content. Living split screen, give it to me. Where do you guys Look at what we've done, Seal. We set the expectations now. Even though I say three plus hours and I still stick to that. Now people are expecting four, otherwise they're getting robbed. Nah, Splend, shout out to you, brother. I know man. Again, appreciate all love, man. All love and respect. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be a buddy, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, again, you can find me Steel Rain I. Steel Rain I to T is a seven. I just type it in Google. You'll find all my links um, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, whatever it may be. Uh, you will find me. And I'm not Dr. Seuss, but that happened to rhyme, so deal with it. Uh, <laughs> with that being said hopefully we can get into a weekend of games we feel like it's been a minute since i've been able to get some gaming in with uh my brother from another here but so we'll see how that ends up uh Silent Cypher, i'm sorry man i'm sorry he I'm said pe- he, fe- he feels triggered about my stance on rebates giving oh. rebates back to the dealerships <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so funny um But yeah, so hopefully we can get some gaming in this weekend. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Y'all stay safe. Pong, lead Mm -hmm. the people to victory. Let them know where they can find you. Another fantastic episode, no matter what angle that we come from. The fact that we can come here on a week-to-week basis, not have much conversation, maybe some DMs here back and forth as things go crazy. I have a wreck dealing with things at home, just trying to get to a back to some, some normalcy. Uh, we still come here on a Saturday and just knock it out of the park and I leave just as energized as ever before and um feel like I got an opportunity just to catch up a little bit. I know we yeah, always have more time man. to catch up in the back. That's what it's all about, brother. You and me, chat, sitting down, catching up on all the topics of the week. And this week was big. Again, we didn't even get to everything here for sure. Uh, there was a lot going on. So, uh, you know, Grub Grub, at the beginning of the week, everybody forgot yeah. dropped news about Assassin's Creed, uh, that we are going to be getting some information that um, – we're going to get some information on the single player, but the infinity he says is sounding very interesting and that they're eventually going to go to Japan, which we all have been asking for. And they're going to focus on the ninja side of thing versus the samurai side of thing, which has now been done a lot. So that's going to be amazing. I can't wait. That's what I was hoping for. 
Yeah, so was I. Uh, so, yeah, so it sounded like good things coming from Assassin's Creed. But anyways, just want to throw that in there real quick. Great conversation today, Steele. As always, brother, again, I'm just glad you and the fam are okay after what happened this week. Steele disappeared out of my DMs for like 24 hours, and I was hitting him up like, dude, you okay? What's going on, brother? Because that's not normal. Um, so I'm just glad everything's okay, man. And I'm, I, you know, obviously you got to get things straight, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad that you guys are healthy. That's all that really matters at the end when something like that happens. Um, and that you could be here today and talk with me. So great show chat. You all amazing. Again, we love to get you involved. You guys are always coming in here every Saturday. Great comments. Hope you feel the same way. Uh, we do what we can to get you guys you know, just getting new conversations started. So uh, appreciate every single one of you, all love and respect to you as well. You know that we're nothing without you, but you can find me Pongsol on Xbox, Pongsol on Twitter. You know the drill there. I just passed 3000 people on Twitter. I'll probably put out a video uh, tomorrow to say thank you to everybody but thank you all for following me there uh, just incredible i never thought i'd see that number um otherwise tonight be ready for the shop podcast ptk blam fuzzy and myself we were supposed to have a guest uh guest had a last minute change so we're not gonna have a guest tonight it's just gonna be us three so bring your questions because ptk opens up the second half of the show to the chat just like kind of what we do here, but he does it in a more structured form. So bring your questions, bring your comments. If you want us to talk about something tonight on the shop, bring it over there, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, PTK Blam's channel. Otherwise, Rick Payne. What's going on, brother? Great to see you, sir. Um, otherwise, you can find me some Tuesdays, not very often anymore, but Xbox Factor Podcast, Mr. Boomstick, Double Barrel Gaming, gotta be there because he's got a full panel each and every week now. He's added people, so no matter which one of us isn't there, we're always covered every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time, Xbox Factor Podcast, and then Thursdays is p.m. in the p.m. Pong and Mav in the p.m. over on Fun Speculations Channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Be there. It's a lot like this show, just shorter. That's all it is. Mav and I cut ourselves, but we did go three hours this week, which was kind of crazy. Um, and we didn't talk about everything either. So be there PM in the PM every Thursday night. And then Friday nights, Xbox ultimate 9 PM Eastern, eight o'clock central time. You know what it is there. We're going to have great conversations. We're going to have lots of laughs. Everybody who shows up has a good time there. So just join us there. And again, that's fun speculations channel, 9 PM Eastern, eight o'clock central Fridays. Otherwise, it is the golden age of gaming, people. Get out there, enjoy your weekend, play all this amazing content out there, or just pick one thing, whatever the case may be, or have 20 things like me. Just get out there. It's the best time ever to be a gamer. Play what you love. Love what you play. We'll all talk to you real, real soon. Steel, get us out of here, brother, so you can get to your appointment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, y'all have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe and join us next weekend for episode 70 of Living Split Screen. Much love. Stay safe. Allah. Peace.